Hello, everyone. My name is Jeff Bishop, and welcome to the 57th Annual Conference and Convention of the American Council of the Blind. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Jasheen from Microsoft. Welcome, Jasheen. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? It's going great. So tell us a little bit about what you do at Microsoft, and then we have a lot of things to talk about today. Absolutely. So my name is Jasheen, and I'm a product marketing manager on the Windows 10 team. And I work closely with engineers who work on all the different accessibility features to understand what's there. And then I try to take those features and communicate them in a people-friendly way, um, really trying to understand the customers and making sure that we've addressed their needs through the different features we have and making sure that they then know about the features that exist that could potentially help them. That's great. Can you tell us a little bit about what accessibility in Windows is all about? There's a lot of different ways that we could look at it, but um, how I look at accessibility in Windows 10 is is really at, you know, is really with the customer. And how I think about accessibility specifically is we should be building a product that reflects the diversity of the people that use it. So we know, you know, the World Health Organization always does these different studies, and um, through census data, we know that roughly 15% of the population has a disability. And we want to make sure that those people are also reflected in the product and that the features or tools that may help them use technology are also reflected in the product. So to me, accessibility is about making sure that everyone can access our products and use technology to do whatever the heck it is that they want to do. If they want to be productive at work, if they want to um, you know, do things at home, if they want to plan out their life, they should be able to do that, regardless of whether you have a disability or not. Earlier this year, Microsoft released an update to Windows, the April 2018 release. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So in April 2018, we we made a couple of updates um, with our accessibility features in Windows 10. And one of the biggest ones was our updates to the ease of access settings. So if you've got a Windows 10 device and then you go into um, settings, there's a page within settings called ease of access where all of the different accessibility features sit. And previously, with an ease of access, there was a lot of different features, but people didn't necessarily understand which features could potentially help them. So in the most recent update in April 2018, one of the things that we added was um, just more organization of the features. So all the vision-related features are grouped under vision, hearing or under hearing, and then input is under input. And that um, not only are they organized by need, they're also listed in a way that um, the features that could benefit the most people are listed at the top. So under vision, for example, we've got we've got display at the top where you know lots of people could potentially be increasing the size of their mouse or you know increasing their screen resolution. And then you go further down the list and it becomes a more specific set of needs. So you may start with display at the top and then as you go down the list, you've got narrator at the bottom. So just making that information um, really, really easy to understand by splitting it up into categories, as well as listing it by kind of the number of people who could uh, potentially benefit from that. 
So that was one of our biggest changes was the updates to uh, the ease of access settings. We also made a couple of enhancements to our eye control experience. So eye control being, um, you know, using an eye tracker, you can control your device without your hands by using just the movement of your eye. And this was a experience that we first shipped um, back in October 2017. And we heard a lot of feedback from our customers that there are a couple of features that they wanted. So for example, the ability to, um, to scroll using eye control and the ability to have a direct right or left click, um, as well as quicker acceleration to tasks like um, opening up your start menu or viewing your timeline. So we added all those features in April 2018, so that the eye control experience is just really, really robust and, um, and yeah, meeting the needs of, of our customers. Um, in addition to that, we also added tech suggestions for hardware keyboards. So this was something that was previously available on touch keyboards if you're using, for example, your Surface as um, as a um, as a tablet, but we knew that this was a feature that um, people wanted for their hardware keyboards as well. So you know, as you're typing, what text suggestions will do is it'll suggest the top three words based on intelligence um, of what they think that you know the next word could be, and then you can select one of those top three words. So it it makes the typing experience a little bit more seamless, especially if you, for example, have um, dyslexia or a different learning disability. Thank you, Jasheen. Can you tell us what might be coming in the future for Windows? What's great about what's coming in the fall is that you can actually already start to test and play with some of these features. So what I go through, they're all available in um, Windows Insider program build. So if you're not already a Windows Insider and these features potentially sound interesting to you, I highly recommend signing up and um, you know getting yourselves, getting your hands on an Insider build. So there is a couple of things that come to mind when we speak about what's coming in the fall. Within Magnifier, we added the ability to have a centered mouse. So previously, if you use Magnifier on Windows, if you zoom in on something and you want to move the focus either left or right or up and down, you have to push the mouse all the way to the edge of the Magnifier box. But now we've added ability so that, you know, if you want to move the box left and right, you don't have to push the mouse all the way to the edge and the mouse will stay centered in magnifier. So having that centered mouse is something that will be coming in the fall. In addition to centered mouse, we've added scalable text within, um, within ease of access. So, you know, um, similar to on your phone where you have the ability to make texts uh, small, medium, or large, you can have that on your PC now with, um, with making everything bigger under the ease of access center. So that's something that's coming that we're super excited about that you know we're hoping lots of people will leverage. I'm, I'm someone that wears glasses, so this is a feature that I know I'll be using a lot myself. And then we're super, super excited about a lot of the improvements and um, additions that we're making for, for Narrator. So the biggest announcement that we just had a couple weeks ago is that um, there's going to be a standard keyboard layout within Narrator. So people who are already screen reader users may find a keyboard layout, layout that's more familiar to them. Well, Jasheen, thank you so much for being here today and giving us all the updates all about 
windows and accessibility. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jeff, for having me. If you would like to find out more information about Microsoft and accessibility, then please visit the accessibility website found at www.microsoft.com forward slash accessibility. Again, that is www.microsoft.com forward slash accessibility. If you need assistance with a Microsoft product, then give the Disability Answer Desk a call. Their phone number is 1-800-936-5900. That's 1-800-936-5900. You can find out more information about the Disability Answer Desk on the Accessibility website as well. If you would like to submit feedback using your computer, especially if you're having a problem with a Microsoft product, then you can do this using two methods. If you're using Narrator, Microsoft's built-in screen reader, then simply hold down the caps lock key followed by the letter E as an echo. This brings up the feedback hub and allows you to submit feedback directly to Microsoft. If you are not using Narrator, then simply hold down the Windows logo key followed by the letter F as in feedback. This will also open up the feedback hub and allow you to submit feedback directly to Microsoft. If you would like to find out more information on how to get involved in the Windows Insider program that Jasheen talked about, then please visit http colon slash slash insider.windows.com. Again, that's http colon forward slash forward slash insider.windows.com. Hello, this is Larry Turnbull with ACB Radio, and welcome to the American Council of the Blind Conferencing Convention for 2018 in St. Louis, Missouri. And with me is Jonathan Mosen with the VFO Group, and we all know that VFO uh, is in charge of the products such as JAWS, uh, ZoomText, Fusion, OpenBook, and much more. So, hello, Jonathan. Hi, Larry. Good to be back with you. How are you? Doing great. And what do we have new this year with uh, the VFO product line? Well, you may have heard that we've got these new version numberings in place now, which we hope will make it easier for customers because recently a lot of things have come under the VFO umbrella, such as ZoomText. It's a VFO product now. And when we all got together, we realized our version numbering system was really different. And so it was hard for customers to know whether they had the latest version of a particular software or not. So we thought, okay, let's just make this consistent. And so now we have the 2018 range of software, kind of like when you get the 2018 cars. So sometimes you'll see them come out towards the very end of the year, just like the 2018 models of cars came out in late 2017. But you've got some consistency. You know right away by looking at the version number whether you have the latest software or not. We've got a new version of Fusion, of course, now. And Fusion is literally a fusion between JAWS and ZoomText. It's a really exciting uh, package because we, uh, we've really combined the best in magnification and screen reading into the one package. So when you get Fusion, 
you can either run it separately so you have JAWS and you have Zoom text and that could be very useful say in a library setting or a school setting or any kind of communal setting even in some workplaces where you're using a shared computer and some people need magnification and some people need to have speech so you can choose which one you have running at any time but you can have both as well and the old days of conflicts between your screen reader and your magnification software they are long gone and now you've got JAWS and Zoom text that can really play nice together. It's a, it's a really cool thing. So that is uh, Fusion. We also, of course, will be showing off the latest JAWS. A lot of people think that JAWS only gets updated once a year, but we are actually making regular updates to JAWS right throughout the year. So when you buy a software maintenance agreement for JAWS or for that matter, Zoom text or Fusion, you're not just locking into two big upgrades. You're actually locking into a regular series of updates uh, on a, a pretty regular basis that keeps you updated. And that's important because we're living in this world now where technology is changing faster than ever. And every year, Microsoft is coming out with two quite major versions of Windows. We already had that update in April that added a lot of new things of interest like timelines and uh, various sound changes. And we're going to get another one from Microsoft probably towards the end of October, early November. And so when you get a software maintenance agreement, you're locking yourself into a year's worth of quite comprehensive updates. So we'll be showing JAWS 2018 at exhibits this year. And we also, of course, on the hardware side, have our Focus 14 and 40 Blue fifth generation displays. And these have been hugely popular. People just love the keyboard, they love the feel of the braille, and of course, some of the new features you can pair with up to six different Bluetooth devices. You can switch to USB, all from a handy series of keyboard commands on the display. And just recently, Larry, we've added a scratch pad and book reader functionality right into the Focus itself. So there's a tiny micro SD card slot on the left-hand side, just above the power button. It takes uh, up to 32 gigabytes, which is a lot of text. And you can write your own notes without being connected to anything. The really slick thing is that when you are connected to JAWS, you can transfer that content from the note taker app on the device straight into, say, Microsoft Word or Notepad or an email message. And even if you've written in contracted Braille, if you've got JAWS set up correctly, that stuff will just dump into the edit field of the application that you have open and you'll be able to um, work with that on the device that you need it to be on. So that's pretty slick. Now we've got these new features, and so we'll be demonstrating the scratch pad and the, the book reader functionality um, at the booth as well. So those are some of the, the new things. And I'll pause in case you've got any questions about that before I go on. Can you get on the Internet uh, independently with this device, or does it just have to be connected to the computer and go from there? What we decided to do, now the short answer is no, and the reason for that is that we do understand that there are some basic functions you might need to perform anywhere. Like if you're caught short and you want to just make a quick note, I, an example I can think of is somebody who flies a lot, and you'll probably relate to this too, Larry, is sometimes you get to your airport, to your destination, but your bag does not, right? <laughs> and so what you really want to do then is write down the little tracking number that they give you, the, the baggage tag number and the report number, so you can keep bugging the airline and phoning them and say, you know, so where's my bag now? Do you know? Sometimes if you just have the Braille display handy, it's really useful to be able to open up a file on the device itself and just write something quick down, just jot it down. But we're not intending to make 
um, the focus line a full standalone note taker type device. If you want that, though, of course, we are also showing L Braille, which is our full um, note taking device that runs full Windows 10. So this is right up to date with the latest version of Windows. And anything that you can do on a Windows computer, you can do on L Braille. It's also got built in LTE. And so you could be sitting in the back of a cab or an Uber or a Lyft ride or something like that and be online with the L Braille um, with a full copy of JAWS. And this is no stripped down version of Windows. You can run your full Microsoft Office 365. You can put your sound editing software on this. You can be open up in Outlook. You can use Zoom, for example, and, and, and Skype and all those apps. So if you want that note taking, if you want that computer rather functionality in a note taker kind of form factor, then the L Braille is the way to go for that. One question is, uh, since JAWS has gone to the version numbers going by year, I uh, imagine you're going to expand that to the other software as well, like OpenBook and um, other products. Yeah, so for example, ZoomText and Fusion have already gone that way. Future software will also go that way, just so that there's a lot of consistency um, about that. And Eric Damry will be at the convention this year, and I believe he's going to let a few little nuggets slip about some of the really cool things that we're working on for JAWS 2019. So, you know, we're already well underway with that now internally. And uh, so we'll be talking a little bit about that. Um, I would, if I just have time, like to quickly cover some of the things that we're doing at the exhibit hall with pricing because they're very aggressive this year. So I'll just briefly go through those. What we did was we enrolled ACB in our JAWS home use program, which means that when you come to the convention, our home use program pricing applies. What that means practically is that if you've never purchased a copy of JAWS before and you'd like to become a customer because there's so much going on and you need a screen reader that's keeping up, you can get one for $125. That's a brand new copy of JAWS for $125. Um, there is also the home use program with the SMA, which gives you the next two versions at no additional charge. That is $225 brand new. Now, we also have the special going at the convention where you can upgrade any copy of JAWS. If you have got your JAWS from, you know, the Windows well, heck, even the Windows 3.1 days, and you've got those floppy disks sitting somewhere, <laughs> we can look you up as long as we can find you or you can provide proof of purchase. We will upgrade you from any old version of JAWS to JAWS 2018 for just 100 bucks at the convention. Um, there's also uh, the Fusion Home license if you want to get into getting a copy of um, JAWS and Zoom text and uh, the Fusion package, that is $175. We also have some discounts on some hardware. Uh, a uh, Pearl camera, for example, is uh, reduced to $295. That's now working with JAWS, Larry. So right from within JAWS without any other program, you can snap a picture with your Pearl camera and the results will appear in a JAWS virtual buffer. You can copy, you can paste, you can do anything you want to do. And all you need is JAWS and the Pearl camera. And the Focus 14 Blue, if you like the idea of this scratch pad functionality, pair this with your iPhone, your Android smart device, your Kindle tablet, and do it all at the same time. If you have all those things, you can pair them all at the same time and plug it into your USB port. $795 is the price for the convention at ACB for a Focus 14, which is just epic, $795. And also there is a 20% off um, all other hardware 
at the convention. So there's a lot more, but that's a brief overview of some of the things we're doing. We've got lots set up at the exhibit hall, Larry, so people can come in, have a play, get their hands on the technology. Great. Uh, what about those that might still have a pro license? Is there anything for them? Well, essentially, if you've got a pro license, um, the, the, the functionality of the software is now completely identical. So we used to have a system where sometimes pro users got a little bit more. Now we view the licensing as basically who are we supporting? Because typically, if we need to support a business user in the workplace, then the costs are going to be greater to us because the needs are often more complex. So um, usually at this point, the way our structure works, pro licenses are paid for by organizations. If you want a copy of JAWS for your use at home, then that's what we're focusing on at the convention for individual users. We'd also be happy, though, uh, if you're in a workplace where you have a number of people using JAWS, um, do get in touch if you're at the convention or give us a call, and we'd be really interested in discussing enrolling your organization in the Home Use Program so that um, individual employees can have copies of JAWS at home as well. Excellent. So if somebody has any questions, how would they get in touch with uh, VFO? The best way to do that is to visit the website, and for probably the, the best starting point would be the Freedom Scientific website. So that's www.freedomscientific.com, all joined together. And you can give us a call, and we've got a great team of people who'd be happy to answer any questions, and that number is 800-444-4443. Great. Is there anything else you'd like to tell, tell our listeners about? Just we wish everybody at uh, the ACB convention well. We hope it's a great event where lots of important decisions are made and friendships renewed and all those good things. And we're really pleased to be a sponsor of the convention again this year. All right. Well, thanks, Jonathan, for being on with me at uh, on the ACB radio for this uh, year's convention. And as always, we enjoy having you on. It's always a pleasure, Larry. Thanks. This is Larry Turnbull with ACB radio. All right, uh, we are live here at the 2018 American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention in St. Louis, Missouri, getting ready for the start of the general session. Pre-entertainment's going on. It's Michael Hamm, who's uh, doing the piano at this point. Uh, he's from St. Louis, Missouri. And at 7 o'clock, Kim will call the meeting to order, and we'll have lots of Items on the agenda, including the president's report that she'll give, and we'll have the presentation of the colors to start things off, you know, with the Pledge of Allegiance and the national anthem. And further down the agenda, uh, we've got the we've got the awards presentations coming and all kinds of great stuff. So keep it right here. Right now, I'll go ahead and bring up the house and let you hear a bit of the pre-entertainment as uh, Michael Hamm continues to entertain us on the piano.
Apostle the Blind Conference and Convention will begin in five minutes. Please find your way to your seats. Five minutes. Thank you. Lighting and everything matters sometimes. So it's, uh, say something, I'll take it. Says 40 year old man, so I'll take it. <laughs> I think the light over. Yeah. I'll uh, just. So, uh, so I'm actually going to mention about you and uh, Jeff. Yeah. So Jeff, uh, I should introduce another director.
The American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention is about to begin. Please take your seats. Thank you. Station Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. Serving her third term, please welcome ACB President Kim Charlson. of 2018 of the American Council of the Blind. <laughs> Thank you so much, and I want to recognize um, for that great welcome and opening, Rick Morin, our AV guy. You're going to hear a lot of um, really terrific audio this year, and um, it's all due to Rick's creative work. So thank you, Rick, very much for all your hard work. And the voice of Tony Stevens, introducing me. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Tony. All right. To, um, to begin 
our proceedings, I want to recognize Chip Haley from the Missouri Council of the Blind, who will give our invocation. Thank you. Please rise if you are able. Hello, ACB and all of our online listeners. I was passing Kim just a moment ago, and I could be mistaken, but I think I heard her say to Brian, or at least I hope it was Brian, she said, I think our mattress has a big hole in it, so I'll meet you in the spring. Let us pray. (laughs) Dear blessed Heavenly Father, we're just so grateful, thankful for this time that we have together. You indeed are a great and awesome, mighty God. You said that it's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So Lord, we call upon your great name to be with each and every one of us throughout this convention, throughout this week. Lord, we acknowledge you and all your greatness and power. And we ask you, Lord, for your hand of wisdom and direction upon all that we do. We ask you, Lord, that you would bind our hearts together. And Lord, give us wisdom and give us that guidance from above. Lord, again, we're just so grateful and thankful for this time that we have together. So grateful and thankful for each and every one that's present. We're grateful for the, the, the travels, the safe travels for those who made the trip. And we just ask you, Lord, to be with our business time together. And we want to give you the praise and the glory for it. And everyone said? Thank you. Please remain standing if you're able. And uh, I want to recognize the color guard, Boy Scouts of America, Special Needs Troop 724 from St. Louis, Missouri. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
Color Guard, thank you so very much. <laughs> now, remain standing. It's my pleasure to introduce to you to sing the Star Spangled Banner, Missouri native June Link from St. Louis, Missouri. June? Beautiful. Thank you. All right. I want to acknowledge um, the talented pianist this evening um, from here in St. Louis, Mike Ham. He provided the uh, pre-evening entertainment, and he is now going to play the Missouri Waltz. Please remain standing to honor Missouri. <laughs> If you can. <laughs> and then you can sit down. <laughs> the Missouri Waltz.
your wonderful uh, music. It's beautiful. All right. We will uh, have our official welcome later this evening. I'm going to... Oh, you can be seated. <laughs> Comfortably. <laughs> All right. So we'll hear from uh, Missouri Council and Denny Huff in a, in a little later this evening. Now you get to listen to me. It's time for my annual address to the membership. Ladies and gentlemen, it is again a true honor for me to come before you for my fifth report as president of the American Council of the Blind. Time keeps flying by, and I have much to report to you since our conference in Reno last year. I continue to work with incredible staff, elected board, and the leadership of affiliates in decision-making to keep our organization moving forward on many levels and critical issues. I'll cover the highlights and how we are dealing with them over the next several minutes. First, let me thank our dedicated staff. In our Minnesota office, we rely on Nancy, Lori, Lane, and our newest staff member, Nancy Christina Fila, to keep the business wheels turning. In our Virginia office, Thank you. In our Virginia office, we are very fortunate to have Eric Bridges, Tony Stevens, Kelly Gask, Sharon Lovering, and our new advocacy and outreach specialist, Claire Stanley. Working alongside our strong staff, are several contractors that do special work for ACB in a variety of areas. Tom Tobin is our Director of Development. JoLynn Bailey-Page is our grant writer. Joel Snyder is our Director of the ACB Audio Description Project. And Larry Turnbull is the Managing Director of ACB Radio. Hello, ACB Radio. One, two, three. Hello, ACB Radio. I want to recognize and thank the members of the ACB Board of Directors and the members of the Board of Publications for their service. At the close of this convention, two members of the ACB Board of Directors will be completing their terms. I want to thank George Holliday from Pennsylvania and Alan Peterson from North Dakota for their service to ACB over the past eight years. Thank you, gentlemen. In addition, Donna Brown from the Board of Publications will be stepping down due to work responsibilities. I know they will continue to work on behalf of ACB in the future. Thank you. Right after last year's convention, the Federal Communications Commission adopted new rules increasing the number of hours of audio-described programming available on broadcast and cable networks. The new FCC rules, effective tomorrow, 
require audio described programming be available from 6 a.m. to midnight, maintaining the 50 hours of prime time and children's <laughs> programming, and adding 37.5 hours of new additional audio described content. Yeah! <laughs> ACB will continue to seek out new pathways to move forward our expansion of audio description wherever possible. Beginning last summer and continuing on, ACB is working with researchers at the University of Hawaii, <coughs> Google, and the National Park Service to audio describe print brochures at 15 park sites in California as part of the Uni Description Project. This funding, shared between the University of Hawaii and ACB from Google, with the National Park Service adding significant in-kind support at each of the involved sites, along with chapter members of the California Council of the Blind. CCB, are you out there? Thank you for your support of audio description. In late August, ACB's audio description project, along with the Mid-Tennessee Council of the Blind, the Tennessee School for the Blind, and the Tennessee Arts Center, offered a rare opportunity for blind people worldwide to experience the total eclipse of the sun through the use of audio description. Over 20,000 listeners tuned in to that broadcast on ACB radio to share this unique experience, or it was covered with other radio stations, radio reading services all over the world. Thank you to the ACB audio description project for such an innovative idea. The summer of 2017 saw many natural disasters. Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and Maria, and the wildfires out west. In response to such a need, ACV developed a relief fund to assist members who have been affected in these areas. Assistance was provided in Houston and Beaumont, Texas, and in the Central Florida area. I hope we won't need to provide such assistance in 2018, but if Mother Nature isn't cooperative, ACB will be ready to assist our members in need of support. In October, oral arguments were heard at the U.S. Court of Appeals of the District of Columbia Circuit in ACB's currency case. In 2016, the government moved back the target date for the next currency redesign involving the $10 note from 2020 to 2026. ACB then sought an order from the district court requiring that the $10 bill be made accessible by 2020 and all the other remaining denominations be made accessible by 2026. 
In early 2018, the appeals court remanded the initial decision of our petition on the extension to 2026 to the lower district court level and instructed them to address several unanswered questions for the court. ACB filed additional declarations from nine ACB members, including myself, calling for immediate action to move towards circulation of accessible currency. We continue to voice our concerns that we will not wait any longer while Treasury drags its feet. While we appreciate that staff from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing uh, will be here at this convention conducting research on tactile features and distributing currency readers to those who have not received one as a part of the Meaningful Access Program, we in ACB are compelled to continue to take our case for accessible tactile currency to the courts for further action. I want to publicly thank our attorney on this case, Jeffrey Levitke, for his persistence, determination, and dedication to our cause and the latest motion. Stay tuned to hear more updates on the court. Over the course of the past year, ACB has also been engaged with key partners and stakeholders in the airline and automotive industries. ACB was represented by Tony Stevens in a working group to develop accessible in-flight entertainment and communication systems for commercial aircraft, presenting consensus guidelines to the Department of Transportation in November. ACB has also worked closely with auto manufacturers, tech companies, and other disability advocates toward the implementation of appropriate regulations and legislation for autonomous vehicles, assuring that Americans who are blind will have access to such vehicles and that safety on our streets for pedestrians remains a top priority. Early in 2018, ACB was extremely surprised to learn of Delta Airlines' announced policy restricting access for service and emotional support animals. The policy was intended to address the tremendous increase in fake service dogs appearing on flights. These measures would have created significant hoops for travelers with guide dogs to comply with when traveling, while doing very little to stop anyone from going online and downloading false documents asserting their pet is a service animal. Due to significant input from ACB and our special interest affiliate, Guide Dog Users Incorporated, Delta Airlines announced on February 22nd that it had re-examined 
its policy on service animals. Relaxing constraints that negatively impacted travelers with guide dogs. ACB commended Delta for its decision to revise its policy. And we also praised United Airlines for their policy that acknowledged the access rights of people using guide dogs. We continue to monitor this issue among all airlines and will be ready, if necessary, to fight for the rights of guide dog handlers along with GDUI. Positive progress is being made this year in the U.S. Senate with the introduction of the Marrakesh Treaty Implementation Act, S-2559. This legislation demonstrates the current bipartisan support for improving access to print materials around the world by individuals who are blind or have other print disabilities. The Senate Committees on Foreign Relations and the Judiciary both held hearings on the treaty and both were both the were ratification instrument and the implementation act were favorably voted out of these committees for consideration by the full Senate. I am pleased to report to you that on Thursday evening, June 28th, the Senate approved the Marrakesh Treaty ratification document and S-2559 on its unanimous consent calendar. This is a tremendous step forward for equal access to accessible materials. The next step will be the House of Representatives, and we anticipate action there before the August recess. So stay tuned. How many of you use a telephone at work? (laughs) Just a few. Today's work environment requires effective, reliable telecommunication solutions for all employees. For employees who are blind or visually impaired, this means solutions that are free of access barriers. ACB worked with Cisco Systems on the first mass-market, enterprise-grade desk phone that includes built-in text-to-speech functionality capable of conveying vital information on the phone's buttons as well as on the display to the user through audio, voice, and tone indicators. This allows blind and visually impaired employees to more easily connect anywhere they work. This software update to Cisco's digital voiceover IP 8800 series phones is a significant milestone in Cisco's ongoing effort toward making the workplace accessible for employees who are blind or visually impaired. I personally had the opportunity to provide input on the software and am very happy to have one of these accessible phones in my office. (laughs) Over the past two years, 
through hard work by both ACB staff and volunteers, ACB has balanced its budget and even produced a small surplus. I'm very proud of that with hard work over the last five years. As a result, ACB has stabilized financially and is continuing to grow its revenue streams, putting ACB in a positive position this year to establish an endowment fund. This is a tremendous accomplishment and everyone supporting ACB and its fundraising efforts is to be commended. An endowment policy was written and presented at ACB's board meeting in February, and after some discussion and debate, the board unanimously adopted the policy. Bequests received from this point forward will be used to make sure adequate reserves are in place to cover annual operating expenses, and then the residual assets will be added to ACB's legacy endowment fund. Most important, the legacy endowment fund will ensure ACB's financial future and help to perpetuate ACB's important work for many years to come. ACB is pleased to announce that beginning with this convention, we will offer continuing education credits for rehabilitation teachers and counselors, teachers of the visually impaired, low vision therapists, orientation and mobility instructors, and other professionals. These credits will be offered for a wide range of specialized programming, workshops, seminars, and other events during the convention. These credits will be offered through the Academy of Certification of Vision Rehabilitation and Education Professionals, ACVREP, the nation's leading provider of continuing education opportunities in the field of blindness and visual impairment. We've been working for this for many years, and I'm very pleased that we could do it at this convention. ACB continues to make communication a high priority. ACB social media accounts continue to grow. For those of you who want to follow the convention on Twitter, use the hashtag ACB18. For those using technology to keep up with information, ACB continues its efforts with the development of ACB Link for Android. (laughs) Just like the iOS version, it will give Android users access to a wide variety of ACB information and programming. Version 1.1 is now available in the Google Play Store for beta download. We need your feedback as Android users on the app so we can get it ready for its full release. Please help us out by downloading and giving your input. We are also hard at work on some exciting changes for the iOS version, including a a much improved audio player for the app and 
offline listening for ACB radio podcasts. I want to acknowledge the hard work of Jeff Bishop, who has led the project, worked with our app developer, and has the vision to bring such an app to reality. In closing, my thanks to all of the volunteers, ACB members, and others for all of their hard work in making this convention all I know it will be, one of the most successful conventions ever. The American Council of the Blind and our thousands of members continue to have much to be proud of. Of course, there is always more to do um, over the next several months. But overall, our affiliates and chapters all across this country are making a difference in so many ways. Our work continues to be important and our advocacy is our strength. When we have victories, they are even more exciting as they have been hard fought and we should celebrate our successes as important steps in our advocacy journey. Working together, we can continue to make change happen. And I look forward to working hand in hand with all of you to make sure that ACB continues to be the gateway to success for all people who are blind and visually impaired. Thank you. All right, I am very pleased to turn the microphone over to the president of the Missouri Council of the Blind. I'd like you to welcome Mr. Denny Huff for her welcoming remarks. Good evening. Good evening. And wow, what a start for the 57th Annual American Council of the Blind Convention. I want to welcome you on behalf of the Missouri Council of the Blind to the great show me state of Missouri. Of course, this week, we want it to be the show you state. We want to show you Midwest hospitality. We want to show you a lot of stairs that you have to climb. We want to show you some hot temperatures, and we want to show you just a great time here in the Gateway City, the gateway to the West, St. Louis, Missouri. Been a long time coming. 1981 was the last time that we had the convention here in Missouri. Of course, I forget what year it was, 1965, was it, uh, that ACB was born in Kansas City, Missouri, just across the state here. But from St. Louis to Kansas City, from Kirksville to Joplin, from Springfield to Cape Girardeau, we welcome you to the great state of Missouri. And have a good time, okay? Thank you, Denny. I know we all will have a great time. I just wish you could lower the thermostat a little bit. Would that be possible, Denny? <laughs> awfully warm here. 
says the girl from Boston, you know? Doesn't get hot up there. <laughs> All right. It's... Uh, I want to introduce um, our, one of our diamond, double diamond sponsor presentations. Um, a company that has done much for people who are blind and visually impaired. You're going to hear about that in a moment. Microsoft Corporation. And uh, to talk about some of the process of, um, of interest, especially with, regarding an app that several of you may use on a fairly regular basis, Seeing AI. <laughs> I, uh, I want to welcome Anarud Cole. He is Senior Data Specialist in Sunnyvale, California, and works um, on programming with several things, including Seeing AI. So, Anarud, welcome. Hi, everyone. You know, I'm not really great at introducing myself, so I brought a friend with me on stage today. It's in my pocket. It's, uh, let's see what it says. So, first of all, who is there on stage? Anirudh Center, two feet away. Okay, so that's how, that's how my name, Anirudh, okay. What else can it speak about me? Processing. 39-year-old man with black hair looking happy. I'll take that. And is it true? Uh, I'll keep it a secret. And, and finally, what do I actually do? So let's. I have my business card here. Let's try that. I think it didn't re. Okay. Microsoft. On your route. Microsoft. Something. Something. Yeah. Alrighty, so it, it's really exciting to be here. It's a, I'm really privileged to be here and represent the Seeing AI team. Uh, so, you know, we live in an amazing time, a time where artificial intelligence is breaking records. Uh, the more data you have, the more, more pattern you can mine, and uh, the more cool things you can build. So that's really happening in the field of computer vision, natural language processing, speech recognition. And year by year, it's making breakthroughs, coming to a level of what we usually assign to be human intelligence level. We also live in another amazing time where people in companies are finding the value of making things more and more accessible right from the grounds up. The culture of companies is changing to provide services and products. From Microsoft, uh, we have products like Windows and Office, which we make, try to make accessible, and at the same time have grounds of projects uh, built for accessibility needs from the Soundscape app, which does uh, 3D sound beacons to help you understand about the world, uh, Microsoft Translator app, which is used actively in, uh, for people with profound hearing loss, and uh, a bunch more, more things. And that brings me to something which is near and dear to my heart, which is Seeing AI, the talking camera app. I was going to actually ask how many people know about the app, but I think your claps already gave that away. <laughs> so... Uh, 
so seeing AI, you know, first of all, this reduces my speech by 80% because I don't have to explain what it is. Uh, but seeing AI is basically the stalking camera. It speaks what it sees. Uh, we have been trying to train artificial intelligence behind the scenes, which runs on the cloud or on your device. And it gives you these simple little tools that you decide how you want to use for your daily tasks. So about 365 days ago, uh, we had not launched this thing. Um, and we didn't know if it would be useful or not. We had only 12 users within Microsoft who had actually used it. So we didn't really know, is it even useful? And our barometer was that if we can get uh, 1,000 users for the app worldwide would be considered useful success to us. Like if 1,000 people say this is useful, that would be great. I'm happy to report that under a year, the app has helped finish over 7 million tasks unassisted. 7 million tasks, and has been used by over 200,000 users worldwide. And you know the best part? Because we never knew if the app would be useful, we never uh, told it in the media. So the entire population, the way it actually became viral was because people told each other, hey, have you seen that thing? I tried it. it I felt it was useful here. We sent some feedback, and you told it to the next person. And through Twitter, through Facebook, through calling people, I think the community really tried to tell each other. And that's how we got to this number. And it's just amazing. Uh, we never imagined in our, you know, wildest imagination. Now, the app is still like a three-year-old. It has seen a little bit of the world. It understands a little bit. It makes mistakes from time to time. And we are constantly trying to improve it. And that's the cool thing with AI. The more you show it, the more it can learn. Uh, so this tool, you know, it can do things from reading text, documents, understanding color, currency, handwriting, and a bunch of things that I just forgot. Uh, but, but the cool thing is that we just make a simple little tool for people to use. What's crazy is that people take and create stories out of it, create crazy imaginative uh, tasks that we never imagined. So a, teach, a professor, she trained her entire classroom's faces on the phone, put the phone pointed towards the door, and now students can never walk inside the classroom unannounced or come late because the app announces who is late. <laughs> Crazy. Similarly, when we released uh, short text, we thought, you know, people will just use it for knowing is it junk mail or their actual bill to take care of. Turns out people came up with better users. So people are keeping the app on, pointed outside their window when they are sitting in an Uber or Lyft, and then hearing the businesses in their neighborhood, and as the car is going, it's telling the new businesses that have opened, or, hey, that I'm near this point in my journey today. A really crazy use that we heard was uh, a user point put the phone on a tripod, pointing towards their television screen, and started enjoying Korean movies. Because the app was reading the subtitles in English. Amazing. Now, when the user told other people on Facebook, other people started using it, and that's how many more people started creating news stories out of it. When we launched the app, we did not have a currency channel, and we started hearing that people are already identifying currency with it, and that made no sense. Turns out, there's a guy in the middle of the U.S. currency note. It's a president on each currency, 
and people trained the face recognition on a currency note to say Abraham Lincoln is that $5 guy. And they already had a currency note recognizer there. So it's the story of what users do and become, make a creative use out of technology that's to be celebrated so that uh, necessity is the mother of invention and people here get things done. So that's amazing. And the other story is that anything and everything you see in the app is actually something that users have asked us. So people reached out to us and we had our own channels to earn feedback. And based on how much voice or noise people raised on a particular thing, it got included in the app. Uh, as an example is the handwriting feature, which we kind of had been working for about two years before, but we just launched uh, you know, in December. December means Christmas, Christmas means greeting card. And when we launched for the first time, people started to talk about reading greeting cards and the value that brings. Somebody reading a love letter that they had written 40 years before losing sight. And for the first time, somebody scolding their child because they know that they didn't finish their homework. <laughs> so that's the amazing power of giving a tool what people can do in their employment, in cutting tension with their partner when they are angry because the space age recognition feature and making a smile out. <laughs> so we are constantly amazed by hearing these stories. So now I want to bring down, uh, the other point I do want to raise is inclusive design and why that's important. Turns out the app is used by people beyond the blind and low vision community. It's a hit in Asia where sighted users are using it to learn English. They point at objects, learn what it's spelled in English, and then, you know, learn it. Or they point at things written in English and learn how to pronounce it. Similarly, the app is a hit in the system administrator community because, you know, all those hard-to-reach places behind server rooms, you can just put the app behind and read the serial number. How cool is that? So I want to bring uh, home the message of uh, this feedback and how many people it took to shape the app. And that brings me to user number one, who happens to sit right on the stage just to the left of me. Uh, so Eric Bridges, uh, our executive director, thank you for being the user number one officially before we had launched. Well, well actually, there is a tie. Uh, so Jeff Bishop actually ties with him because him and Jeff Bishop tried it at the exact same time. So you'll have to fight who's the winner here. <laughs> so, so about two months before releasing, keep in mind, we only had uh, uh, you know, gotten feedback from 12 users within Microsoft. So we never knew, is it useful? So uh, me and my friend uh, Sakib uh, from Singia team, we approach uh, Jeff and Eric and say, hey, we have this thing. It starts to beep if the barcode is present to guide you. Would you like to try it out? And they say, sure. So we give them a Coke can, and they try to play with it, and they hear nothing. I give them another can. They try that. They hear nothing. I bring a wine bottle. They try rotating it in all different angles, orientations. They hear nothing. I'm red with embarrassment after 10 minutes, like, what did we make? Turns out my phone was on mute. And that was our bug number one. And we fixed it, and that was our aha moment. <laughs> and since then, before launch, a number of people here who are sitting in the audience gave us feedback, which got us the confidence to even release the app. 
silently. And so thank you to all of you who gave the feedback and uh, you helped shape the app in the way that you see today. So thank you. Another, another shout out to the person who probably was the most vocal one amongst uh, vo- vocal one, uh, Janine Stanley from ACB Radio, main menu program. The amount of feedback she gave, that gave us about two years worth of things to work on. So we are still working. We're sorry, but we'll get to that thing. So, so, the, uh, so I want to take a moment to talk a little bit about the history uh, so it's a celebration of the users and the feedback that came here, but it's also a story of grounds-up innovation and how AI can actually make new things. So every year in Microsoft, we have a thing called Hackathon. It's basically a week-long event where our CEO, Satya Nadella, gives us to go play with anything that we our heart desires. So about 18,000 employees worldwide participate on making new ideas, and accessibility is like a hot, hot topic there. Uh, About close to a 1,000 people participate just making apps and technologies around accessibility. So you can just imagine what can come out, and seeing here is a story that came out. So at the hackathon, we imagined certain things. We had a team of 16 people who came together. Uh, Many of our teammates were from the blind and low vision community. a lot of things that we imagined being engineers were just rubbish. And then we got scolded that you need to think of how the user would even interact with this AI technology. So that taught us to bring user before technology. And so at, after the hackathon, we had a prototype. Now imagine this for a second. A cell phone duct taped to the head. This was our first talking cell phone duct taped to the head. That's what we used to call seeing AI back then. Uh, this was a MacGyver-like prototype. We are hackers, right? So once the hackathon finished, we slightly forgot the hackathon that's finished, and we kept working year-round in our evening and weekend time to make this real. We called up 40 factories that make smart glasses to see how can we bring this into a smart glass experience. And a company called Pivot Head, Pivot Head helped us bring that experience onto a smart glass. Looking at all this progress, our CEO got to hear about that there's a crazy bunch of people doing something. So he asked us, so when you are releasing this, and we said, you know, we are just working as in our evening weekend time. And that's how we got an actual funded team. And a year from that, we released Seeing AI. The first thing we pivoted was how to get this technology in the hands of as many people as possible and for free. And that's how we pivoted from a smart glass to a cell phone app. And try to bring AI to run on a smartphone device to uh, do more things. And that proves the value of grassroots innovation. It was not top-down, it was grounds up. There are many other teams in Microsoft who have tried to bring accessible technologies. For example, we have learning tools, which also came from the same hackathon and is now used uh, in schools by a million users. And it started as a small little hack in, uh, in, in the hackathon. Similarly, yesterday, Microsoft Office has a button where you can actually dictate your emails. Uh, It's shipped to almost a billion users, but imagine that was a hackathon project that started uh, by two people. So how cool is that to go from uh, something that we imagined for small users to a billion users? And that's what the power of hackathons brings out. So uh, I do want to bring out what is the learning 
from all the story in Sing AI? Well, first of all, we are a team of three developers and a researcher. It's a small but really passionate team. So small teams, you know, who are passionate about something can achieve things. Secondly, we learned that you need to keep the user before technology. It's not just that you slap a technology onto a product. So barcode reading was an example. You know, people told us, hey, can you recognize products? We said, sure. We just put a barcode reader and thought this would work. And turns out it's a rubbish experience. So step by step, every week we would do a user study. We would hear it's rubbish. By the end of the week, we would fix it. And then next week, we could go to two more users, and then they would say it's less rubbish. And week from week, we went from rubbish to okay, to I want to use it, to I love it. And that's, I think, what we have learned during this journey. So even with AI, it's not a matter of keeping AI, but how to guide the user to achieve success. And we started to measure the success by the time it takes to achieve a task. Thirdly, uh, thirdly it's about user feedback. Uh, anything and everything we do is de designed by what users tell us. So we receive feedback on seeing at the rate Microsoft.com. Anything and everything gets triaged, and we bring it out into uh, building this experience. And finally, and this is the most important part, how AI gets trained. Um, it's exciting to have working in AI field. You know all the emotions that you're seeing in seeing AI? We showed the 10,000 Hollywood scenes all those actors who try to nail those Oscar-worthy emotions, we told the computer this is the emotion and learned those patterns. Similarly, uh, we uh, labeled about uh, 300,000 images. It took 70,000 hours of human hours of labeling to teach it what it means to design and describe a scene. And we built it inside the app. But then we thought, you know, why keep technology as a silo we need to be more open. So we released this data set in open source for other researchers to play with. And I'm happy to say that year after year after year, the metrics on that data set have just gone berserkly up. So now every company can play with that data set and see collectively how we can improve AI. The last thing that we learned, and this is the most exciting, is apparently training AI for the blind and low vision community is much harder than what we see in research papers. Because researchers get to play with static data sets, uh, which have a human bias. The biases, the photographs are really nicely positioned, you know, without clutter. You know what you're taking a photograph of. It's all nice. But when you play with data sets that we work with, you don't even know what you're pointing at. Half the photographs are blurry, and you need to design the AI around that. So, so that brought us to how do you even collect data? We don't collect any data from the users, but we designed Microsoft employees to volunteer to make that data. So we made a game. And the game was, can you collect dirty data? So imagine your currency notes, and we want to train something with currency. Don't take clean photos. Take dirty photographs. People didn't understand what we meant by dirty. Yes. So every day, we would ask them, can you like crumple the note and take a photograph with that? Some people did it. We would find the worst photograph people took and send it out as a challenge to people saying, can you do worse than that? And every day, people would take new creative ideas. Somebody put a photograph of uh, the currency note in the cat's mouth, let the cat walk around and started taking photographs, and that was how we maintained a currency data set. Somebody put ice on top of it to make this more harder to train. Uh, somebody put it on like a panda with sunglasses on, and that just created such a crazy data set that it made the AI more stronger. Uh, 
And, and so that brings us to about making things open. So creating some of the data that we have, we have open sourced it, like Microsoft Cocoa dataset, which took 70,000 hours of uh, tagging time. But we also realized that AI can't be done in a silo. It can't be done in a single company. There are people with bright ideas and there are engineers with uh, passion to make things possible. And for that, we have launched the AI for Accessibility program. It's a $25 million, it's a $25 million grant for people with creative ideas to go pitch an idea and take a grant to make that idea come to real, make it real. You can go to Hackathon, find a buddy to you know, team up with, think on what can be made, and uh, hopefully make that real. So we are passionate about making things real, and it takes uh, a village to make that happen. And we are looking for uh, the whole community to come forward to think, what is the next thing that can be built in AI? So as a takeaway message, if I had anything to say, I would say AI for accessibility matters. Keep the user before technology. And if you have an idea, go to a hackathon near you and make it real. So thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here. Text appears. We believe technology can empower everyone to achieve more. A man uses a wheelchair equipped with a computer. We have so many people who are nonverbal, but still have so much to say. A young man signs. I want the exact same information that my hearing friends have. On a smartphone, speech to translate it. There are barriers to communication everywhere, but I think it's time we look at the barriers as opportunities. We're wearing T-shirts. Ability. Imagine. Build. Enable. To reach out to everyone. And we're seeing this come to life. A woman with headset and a guide dog. Soundscape. Soundscape fills in a lot of the mental map as you move. Approaching intersection. You can just put it in your pocket and go. A man uses a wheelchair and computer. Eye control. With ALS, you become locked in. But we see technology as a way to give back what ALS has taken away. Touching icons on a tablet computer. Swift key symbols. There's no better feeling than to hear a child say something that they've wanted to say and the look on their face after they've been able to say it. A teacher and student. Learning tools. When it's reading, I see spaces between the words and it's easier to focus on. Ajay realized that here was something that could change his life. AI is opening the door to a new wave of possibilities. A lecture hall. Joseph Ajay. Microsoft Translator. Now that I have my phone, I can see exactly what was said. And that's been a huge help to me. The system is learning as it goes. And the accuracy has improved tremendously. Very bad. Students can pick any language that they choose to receive the information. It's like we jumped into the future. Amanda Bui. Because communication is very important for all of us, and we just want to be together and not feel left out. A man with dowels in round slots. Help Picto. Very bad too long. To help autistic individuals communicate, we use images. Arthur's mother. I say something to Arthur, and the Help Picto app converts this instantly into pictograms and then repeats it as a voice command. Go get dressed and brush your teeth. We can go back to having a more spontaneous communication. I think it really helps build relationships. A family portrait. Seeing AI, Eric Bridges. Both my wife and I are totally blind, and we have a three-year-old son that's in preschool. He can see, but his parents can't. So to be able to know what's going on at his school is everything. The Seeing AI app has the ability to allow me access to the visual world. 
artificial intelligence is beginning to have an impact on the lives of people with disabilities, but it's it's only going to grow. There is still so much out there uh, to be done. And we are just getting started. Let's see what you can do. AI for accessibility. Microsoft. Microsoft.com slash AI for accessibility. That was great. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you to Joel for the audio description. And thank you to Eric for your wise words. I think that we all can recognize that um, we've learned about some pretty powerful software in this app. I want to bring to the podium um, the chair of the ACB, co-chair of the ACB Awards Committee, Chip Haley. And um, his co-chair, who is not here, but you're going to hear her make an award presentation this evening. Shell Hart from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you are all enjoying your convention in St. Louis. I'm sorry that Steve and I are unable to make it this year. Hopefully, we will be there with you next year. I am pleased to have had the luck to serve on the awards committee again this year as co-chair with Chip Haley. You'll meet Chip Haley later when he introduces the other award committee members. But right now, I'm very pleased to present the James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award given in honor of Jim Olson. ACB's longest serving staff member who served as treasurer and executive director of ACB's enterprises and services. It is given to those who have made important contributions to advance opportunities for the blindness community. This year, the ACB Awards Committee is presenting to a company that has developed a free application that narrates the world around those who are blind or visually impaired. Skills included in this free app range from a color identifier to a currency reader, from a barcode reader to a light detector, and both a quick read and full OCR function that allows a person who is visually impaired to quickly identify text or to read and save longer text. Its users can also use the cameras on their iPhones or iPads to take pictures of people's faces for future recognition. Pictures can also be taken of places such as parks or meeting rooms, and this information can then be used to orient people to their surroundings or to identify people in their vicinity. This free application also allows people to read handwriting, which is something new for most of us. The program is available in over 56 countries, and it is a recent recipient of the Helen Keller Achievement Award given by the American Foundation for the Blind. It has been downloaded over 150,000 times, and it has assisted in over 5 million tasks. When looking at the cost of the single-use products that this program successfully replaces, it is easy to see why this program deserves recognition from members of the American Council of the Blind. 
The 2018 ACB Awards Committee is very pleased to present the James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award to Microsoft for its creation of Seeing AI application. Congratulations to Microsoft. Then if I could, I would like to read what the plaque says. The plaque shows the ACB logo and it says James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award presented to Microsoft for its outstanding development of the Seeing AI application which has changed the world for technology for those who are blind or have low vision. June 30th, 2018, St. Louis, Missouri. Congratulations to Microsoft. Thank you very much. This is such an honor and a privilege. And the fact that people who helped build it are sitting in this room to improve it, to, to create the app and in the shape that you see today with the feedback. I want to give a quick shout out to my teammates on the, Sakib Sheikh, Harrison Ray, Yuri, Eugene Selesnev, Meher Kasim, and uh, on the design side, Ranzo, uh, Jeannie Parsons, and uh, Samantha Newfield who helped in so many ways to make it here, to bring it here. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Congratulations. Well deserved. Wow. That's great. Thank you to the awards committee for uh, your terrific work. And thank you for the recording. I felt like Shell was here with us tonight. So all of our best to Shell and Stephen. Thank you. All right. Let me grab my other piece of paper. One moment. All right. This is, uh, it's time for something that I always look forward to. The um, introduction and presentation of 2018 Life Member Awards. So, to uh, assist me with this task is Nancy Marks Becker, our CFO for ACB. Thank you, Nancy. Are we ready? Yes. All right. Let me uh, introduce to you the first recipient of a life member presented to him from the Florida Council of the Blind, recognizing James Crott. Congratulations. You know, it was 41 years ago that I was first introduced to the American Council of the Blind by none other than Durwood K. McDaniel. He and I shared $19 omelets at the Miami Beach Deauville Hotel, neither one of which knowing what we were going to pay for those omelets when we ordered. 
It's a great organization. I can't think of a better time in my life or in ACB's life than under the leadership and direction of Eric Bridges, Tony Stevens, and Kim Charlson to receive this honor and award, and I'm proud to be a lifetime member of ACB. First convention too. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, next, this is exciting too. Someone from Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, someone who deserves a life membership. Jerry Coors. <laughs> Say something? It's a little closer. There you go. It's up here. Okay, awesome. Oh, here we go. You don't have to pull on it too far. I'm too short. Oh, you're good. Talk. I think they can hear you. It's a good mic. Yeah, trust right. me. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I trust you already. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. I, uh, I just decided that. Uh, after all these years of participating in ACBI, ACB National, and local, it was time to to uh, spend the bucks and be a life member. I feel like I've been a life member because Don and I have been involved in ACB since uh, we, be, you know, formed a state chapter in the very early 70s and. Shortly after that, the local chapter. So, um, I just wanted to get that done. <laughs> Thank you. Well deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Super. All right. I'm taller than Jerry. Can you believe that? There's somebody I'm taller than. Our next life member recipient, I'm not sure that they're here this evening, but I'm going to announce it. From uh, the North Carolina Council of the Blind, recognizing with the life membership Lawrence Carter from Raleigh, North Carolina. He is. Could you come forward, Lawrence? He is here. And we'll uh, be happy to give you your life membership. So keep coming. Somebody out there will help you up. (laughs) Very good. 
You're short too? Well, we'll talk about it when you get here. Come on, move it. <laughs> He's coming. He's a coming. Larry, here he comes. Congratulations. I'm right here. And you are taller than me by a long shot. Don't let it don't let them fool you, you know? Oh, I thought I was sure. Oh my gracious. This is brand new for me, I tell you. I am just as happy as I can be. I, I did not think that I was working hard, but my state president said, you're dead. And I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> so I am most glad and I still intend to serve as hard as I can to get things done. We're coming a long way down there in North Carolina. You like that southern swing? I do. There's more. I can't do it. And I just want to say thank you. And it is great to be here in St. Louis. Thank you. All right, we'll do a picture. Picture? Here's a, okay, hold the flag. Grab the other half of the flag. All right. There he is. He's over here a little bit more. Can you see her? Yeah. Way down. I am way down here. You are tall. Thank you. Thank you. He is tall. He lied. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, the next life membership is a surprise. Those are always special. So, this is a life membership for someone in the South, and she lives in Louisiana, and she has a friend who really wants to honor her named Grady Ebert, and he is making a life membership gift to his friend Lisa Landry from Belle Rose, Louisiana. Lisa, would you stand up and come forward? That's great. I think she's happy. <laughs> it's great. You too can do surprise memberships for your loved ones. This is the advertisement. Don't put me on mute. <laughs> Life memberships are $1,000, and you can make it happen. <laughs> All right. Here comes Lisa, and I hope she'll be able to talk. She had, she could, oh, she's speechless, she says. <laughs> she's coming. <laughs> All right. She's almost here. All right. Lisa, here she comes. Okay. There's a few little tears here. I got to do the audio description, you know. Yeah. A little closer. Here you go. 
Here you go, honey. <laughs> all right. I just want to say thank you, Grady, and all my friends from Louisiana. But Grady, most of all, thank you for your friendship. Oh. <laughs> and I love my friend Kim who moved. <laughs> who moved away. Yeah, who moved away from me, but we still going to be in touch. And thank y'all, everybody. Thank Appreciate you. it. Let's do a picture. <laughs> okay. this way. You guys get to hold the other half. Hold it up there. I can't do it with one hand. There you go. There you go. Thanks. Smile. Cheese. Cheese. Congratulations. Super, Lisa. Congratulations. All right. Our uh, our last life membership for this year is also a surprise. And again, they are the best. This is for someone who resides in the mid-Atlantic state that starts with the letter V, which is Virginia, in the town of Arlington. And it is a gift from his beloved wife, Rebecca Bridges for Eric Bridges. Gotta did, get that. Did we have to pay for this? <laughs> oh. Yes. All right. Well, this uh, this is awesome. Um, I've, this is my twentieth uh, convention. Wow. It's twenty in a row. Wow. So this is a uh, this is super thoughtful. I'm knocked off my game here. Um, but uh, thank you very much, Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca and I met through ACB. I don't know how many of you actually are aware, but I was actually working for National Industries for the Blind, and she was a summer intern where? At ACB. <laughs> and uh, we met through a mutual friend of ours at the time, Mike, Mike Gravitt, who I'm sure several of you know. Uh, and we've been together ever since. So, 15 years we've been married. It'll be 11 in uh, in July. So, this is awesome. Thank you, honey. was appropriate in the photo, the two ladies in his life. I'm the one that nags him all day, and I leave the rest of that up to your imagination. (laughs) All right. So, next, I want to recognize, um, to speak briefly on our ACB Angels recognition and how that's going to work in 2018. 
our ACB First Vice President, Dan Spoon from Orlando, Florida. to uh, the Sweet Adelines from Nashville, Tennessee for that wonderful recording of ACB Angels. Thanks to our wonderful president, Kim Charlson, I get the opportunity to do many things uh, with ACB, but nothing is more humbling and, and, and gives me more honor than to have the chance to be able uh, over the last five years to develop the ACB Angels program. And there's been a team that's worked very hard over those five years that I'd like to recognize right now. We have a wonderful development director, Tom Tobin, that takes his time to personally contact each person and develop their testimonials and develop the relationship that people are going through as they work to, to create their angels. So, Tom, very special thanks to you. Also to Dan Dillon, uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't had a chance, please stop by the exhibit hall. It's, uh, it's booth six, right next to the mini mall and the MMS uh, table. And please see the angels wall. Right now, we have uh, 38 angels, 36 individuals, and two individuals that have recognized their guide dogs. Dan Dillon and his friend Houston worked tirelessly to build this wall. This is a hand-built wall that holds, uh, that holds 66 plaques. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're filling it up a little, a little quicker than I would really like to as an ACB member. But... But it's, a, it's an act of love, and Dan would tell you that. I just want to give Dan a, a big round of applause for all he does for the Angels program. And, 
And then we have three staff members that help us out tremendously. We have uh, Nancy Becker in our Minneapolis office that keeps track, keeps us straight, and keeps track of, of the donations and, and also uh, makes sure that everybody keeps things in line. And we have Kelly Gass and Sharon Lovering from our Alexandria office that help create the uh, testimonials of both large print and Braille and post them on our internet website. So special thanks to our staff that worked very hard. So please, while you're here, please stop by Boost 6. We have the, uh, the, the, the plaques are done by another company that I really want to recognize, a friend of, of Margarine Beeman's, the Truxus company that produces these plaques for us pro bono each year. They've done it for five years now. And they're large print, raised print, and braille, beautiful metal plaques. And so please, you get your hands on them. You can feel them. You can rub them. We've got the testimonials in braille and large print. It's, it's meant to be interactive and get close and share time with your angels. So please stop by booth six. To, this year, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We want to give everybody a chance to really have a chance to talk about their angel this year. And so what we're going to do is each morning at nine o'clock, we are going to present an angel during general session. So if you get a chance, I know, I know nobody likes to sleep too late, and we get started at 8.30, so please, if you can, be here by 9 o'clock to hear, uh, to hear the angel presentations. And now, without further comment, I'd like, to, I'd like to introduce our angels class of 2018. First, we have Teddy Joy Ramhill from Southern California. Teddy Joy was sponsored by Charles, Lisa, and all her friends in the, in the chapters in Southern California. Teddy Joy was an uh, active member of the California Council of the Blind. She worked for a number of years at PASC, Personal Assistance Service Council. Uh, she was a mom of uh, three and she is going to be presented on Monday, excuse me, on Sunday at nine o'clock by Paul Edwards. Our next angel is Bob Rushing from Sailing, Salem, Oregon. Sailing, I can say anything. Salem, Oregon. Uh, Bob was a lifetime member of ACB Oregon. If you go back a long ways, he actually coordinated the ACB convention in Portland, Oregon in 1973. He was an active vendor with his wife, Bev, and he was the treasurer of ACB Oregon for 18 years, from 1990 to 2008. He's being sponsored by his daughter, Sue Schwab, and she will make that presentation also on Sunday morning following Teddy Joy. Then... Next, we have Hattie Bond from Nashville, Tennessee. She's being sponsored by the Tennessee Council of the Blind. Hattie was the president of the Tennessee Council of the Blind from 1997 to 2003. She, went, she ran a support group in Nashville called Second Sight for over 20 years and was a joy to everybody that she worked with. She will be presented on Monday by Penny Verity at 9 o'clock. Next, we have Jill O'Connell from Northern California. Jill, mother of three, wife of her, of her, with her husband, Terry, raised three wonderful children. 
Jill, reading about her, she went to Cal State Berkeley in the 1940s and graduated as a blind person. Think about that, gang. Over 40 years before the ADA, this woman got her college degree from Berkeley. Outstanding. But more importantly, Jill was a person who really worked to mentor others. And she is sponsored by Desi Noller, who was one of those mentees. And she will tell you how Jill changed her life. And that will be Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. Wednesday, we have Susie Weatherford from Arkansas. She's sponsored by the Arkansas Council of the Blind. Susie was sighted, but she was a ball of energy. Her, uh, her son, Jay, got diagnosed as a blind person in the early 1990s, and she got involved in, in Arkansas Council of the Blind and started coming to ACV, ACB conventions. I had the, the joy to work with Susie. She'd be running all over the place, helping people anywhere she could. She was like super volunteer with sneakers. Uh, she was kind of like an early day margarine beeman. <laughs> and so Susie Weatherford will be honored at uh, 9 o'clock on Wednesday on the 4th of July by Rachel Ames from Arkansas Council of the Blind, along with her son Jay and their family. So we'll look forward to hearing from them on the 4th of July. Also, being honored this year, although they're not going to do a presentation for them right now, is Viola and Randolph Green. Viola and Randy, as he liked to be known, were charter members of the Austin Council of the Blind in ACB of Texas. Randy was a World War II veteran that was blinded in World War II. He was the Texas Commissioner for the Blind in the 60s and 70s, if you can believe that. A friend of Derwood K. McDaniels, and, and, and just an extremely exciting and active person. And he's been sponsored by Marjorie Beeman. So I introduced to you all the 2018 ACB Angels. Thank you. Okay, got it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, I'm excited because um, our next diamond, double diamond sponsor presentation is uh, a man I've gotten to know over the last year or so. And when he says something, let me tell you, it's worth listening because he's about innovation. Um, inclusion, and how to make the world accessible. And every time Suman Kanyaganti from IRET Technology Corporation speaks, I always learn something new. So welcome, Suman, to ACB. He's the CEO and president of IRA from San Diego, California. my hug. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Eric refused to hug me. Only Kim hugged me. <laughs> okay, all right. Hello, everyone. Hello. All right, so my, my, my name is Suman Kanugandi. I'm the founder and CEO of Ayura. 
a company that aspires to offer members of the blind and low vision community instant access to information through a combination of well-trained agents and AI. In short, IRA aims to provide another avenue to give our explorers and guests a vivid and objective description of life. So I am aware of the rich and self-determined history of the American Council of the Blind. And I'm delighted to be with you this evening to introduce and describe another tool that promises to empower your membership. One of my earliest interactions with ACB's leadership happened on March 23rd, 2017. I'm looking at Kim. Um, <laughs> when I visited Kim and Brian Charlson at the Perkins School for the Blind. A number of students at Perkins were already IRA explorers. And Kim proposed that the school could champion the new and novel IRA access program by becoming the first ever school in the United States to join the IRA campus network. Fast forward. <laughs> the, the best part is yet to come. <laughs> On June 23rd of this year, that dream came to fruition. This meant that every inch of 38 acre of the historic Perkins campus would be covered with free access to IRA for every visitor, staff member, and teacher. This is a real-world example of how IRA, using its innovative approach to access technology, is expanding its service reach to vital community resources. I thank ACB, Eric Bridges, Kim Charlson, Tony Stevens, and all its leadership for their commitment and leap of faith with IRA. It has definitely yielded positive community results. As a result, we have more than five major campuses who have since joined the network and enjoying its multiple advantages. How does the IRA Access Network operate? Upon entering a campus, students or staff are greeted by the IRA system, which confirms their access to the campus zone. Students can then put IRA into action in a multitude of ways, including getting descriptions of images in books, finding and selecting books from the library, reading handwritten text on the blackboard, submitting assignments online, experiencing campus events, and even working on their online job profiles and formats along with applying for jobs on company websites that may be inaccessible with screen readers. Putting into macro perspective, we have recorded close to 8,000 different sessions over 500 hours of service just with student tasks alone. So at IRA, education and a commitment to being lifelong students is part of our DNA. We recognize the value of education and we are proud to share that we had hundreds of students use IRA at hundreds of college campuses around the country this year. To honor and recognize the importance of ACB's partnership with IRA has played an impact impacting the blind and low vision community. I'm proud to now announce that IRA will offer each recipient of 2018 ACB scholarship class access to our back to school program for the 2018-2019 school year. These students are guaranteed nine months of free IRA services and will play its part by offering access to the tools that will further build their careers. But these scholarship winners are not the only ones whom we want to share the IRA experience this week. If you haven't already, please download the free IRA app by visiting ira.io slash app 
on your mobile phone and signing up as guests. Most of you may know already, but I would like to formally announce that the ACB convention and the number of locations in St. Louis are free IRA access locations for every one of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only do I want you to try IRA, but I would like to make your experience at the convention as efficient and enjoyable as possible. For that reason, the list of free IRA access locations includes St. Louis Airport, the Union Station for your travel, the ACB-associated hotels for your stay, the Arch and Bush Stadium for your tourism activities, and all the ACB convention tours and venues, and finally, University of Missouri, St. Louis and Columbia. Why? Well, because that is my alma mater. <laughs> and by the way, I graduated in 2005, so I'm super glad to be back. It, it feels home. Um, also, I asked for you to stop by our booth, number 20, 44. 44 again. We have a special startup plan created exclusively for the conference. So moving on. Now... Despite America is seeing its lowest unemployment rates in almost two decades, it is no secret for all of us that unemployment among the blind and low vision community remains persistently and disproportionately high. Toward this end, I want to focus on the development of our IRA employment program. IRA agents have assisted blind and low vision people in more than 25,000 work-related tasks, including sessions that cover a wide variety of job search related activities. These include everything from creating and reviewing resumes, filling out job applications, getting rights to the interview, accessing previously inaccessible content, and navigating into and away from a particular interview site. So for job seekers, the program allows the growing IRA community of explorers to use IRA for all these job search related activities at no cost to the explorer. I encourage all of you to discuss with your vocational rehabilitation counselor about IRA being part of your career goals. Now, for employers, in any workplace, employee efficiency matters, as does access to the tools and technologies that enhance productivity, self-sufficiency, and motivation. This is why I am inviting every employer in the United States to become part of the IRA Employer Network. There is a great workforce available for hire right now, just waiting for the opportunity to shine. The IRA Employment Program is designed to attack the problems of the unknowns and the barriers involved in the job-seeking process and on-the-job employment for people who are blind or have low vision. And it invites employers to be part of this positive social change. By expanding access to IRA for job seekers, employees, and employers, we have the potential to transform lives and to take 70% to under 7% together. Yep. Yeah. I say together, which is really important. I say together because we all have to do this together. ACB has a tremendous focus on the employment. In furtherance of our partnership, I need to show how IRA can impact ACB's focus areas. I'm proud to announce an agreement establishing 
that all the ACB members be granted access as IRA guests to IRA's free employment program. Yep. This program will be available during the month of October, National Disability Awareness Month for Employment. Um, and our IRAS VP of Public Policy and Strategic Initiatives, Mr. Paul Strader, <laughs> will convey more details on Wednesday, July 4th at 8.40 a.m. in this general session here in the Grand Ballroom. So please don't miss it. IRA prides itself on being a company that promotes user community. These programs, such as Back to School for Students, the Employment Program, and programs to expand IRA Access Networks, are all made possible through the insights we gain from our explorers and also guests through their engagement with IRA staff. Our IRA explorers are already out there discovering a multitude of ways to incorporate IRA into their daily lives for efficiency and productivity. These learning experiences in turn will help yield results for sustainable and scalable impact. I was recently told by an explorer that you know, he has never in his experience within the blindness industry seen such an engaging community as IRAS, one that is so deeply blended into the workings of a company. I agree, that happens every day. Our explorers are those who are shaping our products. I would like to ask all the explorers in the audience to please stand up. All the explorers in the audience, please stand up. Explorers, I want to thank you. I want to thank you all. I want to thank you, and I cannot express enough my appreciation for you and the effort that you all put in in shaping the IRA platform. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big, big, big round of applause for all of our IRA explorers. <laughs> So let's hear to IRA agents. Who in here love IRA agents? Uh, so, so anybody in here met IRA robot that we bought for the first time to the ACB convention? Yeah? Well, so Erin, who is the first IRA agent ever, is actually in front of me right now, giving, <laughs> cracking me up, but she's saying hello to all of you in the stadium. She's on, a, she does, she's on a robot, she's on a screen, and she's right in front of me. So let's say hello to Erin, everybody. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Erin. <laughs> you should probably walk away because <laughs> you're cracking me up. <laughs> Um, moving on. So, um, consistent with our goal to broaden the community that IRA serves, we have incorporated a new feature into our system that is designed for accommodating the needs of our deaf-blind explorers. Yep. This feature will also cater to our explorers who want to communicate discreetly with their agents while in an environment where talking is best limited. So I'm proud to announce for the first time ever, here at the ACB convention, the introduction of IRA messages service, which is available today with your latest update. 
Yep. So go download your up, update your app. Yep. So we have touched we have touched on uh, how our explorers and now guests are putting Ira in the education and work settings. Beyond that, explorers use Ira to enhance independence for traveling, navigation new, navigating new areas, household chores, entertainment, social interactions, and very popular activity. Guess what? Shopping. Yeah. <laughs> yes, our explorers love to shop with Ira. <laughs> One of the other key focus areas of our partnership with the ACB is supporting its members to get engaged into the community itself. Toward this end, I have one more partnership announcement to make. Ira will provide a simple code for the ACB members to redeem for five shopping days using the Ira service for free. Yeah. <laughs> Guess this just happened last week. <laughs> so please stay tuned for more details about this community-focused program because that will be driven by ACB itself. We have talked about end-to-end platform for education, job seeking, and employment. We have talked about the community and how explorers are shaping the program we create. But our explorers with our agents are doing more than that. By using the service today, our explorers are teaching Chloe, Ira's AI voice assistant. Chloe is similar to Alexa on your Echo, or Siri on your iPhone, or the Seeing AI app from Mr. Cool. Um, but Chloe has the advantage of learning from situational awareness data that is helping to create an intelligent human-in-the-loop system to provide autonomy, not just in the digital world, but also for the physical world. Now, Chloe is made possible via Ira's new high-tech glasses, which is designed by Ira engineers, based on the expressed needs and influence from our explorers. Let me start by saying the phrase everyone loves to say, and I had to steal this from my employee, Greg Stilson. It's good things are on the horizon. <laughs> horizon has computational power, improved camera specifications, network stability, and the simplicity of Chloe Dialogue, which provides not only a stable platform for our explorers, but also create an exponential advantage for obtaining more value from the entire IRO service. Horizon does not, does not need a smartphone to operate. By holding down a button, you instantly have your professional autonomous agents at your fingertips. With Horizon, Ira will be much easier to use for those who don't have smartphones or want a simple, straightforward, hands-free approach to accessing Ira services. So... You know, Ira has been around for little over three years. I know it's, it's a short time. Uh, and I hope you all see the progress. You all see the progress, the impact and the vision of this company. This company is about the community. And it is about restructuring the economy in the industry. An industry that requires behavior change and that requires everyone to come together. It invites and engages the blind and low vision community to benefit from the profound advantages of our system together. IRA will save time for everyone, thus saving money for everyone. Incremental investments today will yield larger positive developments for tomorrow. Potential developments include higher efficiency, higher education, more jobs, and more fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
I would like to close by saying that Ira is just warming up. And we will not stop until the idea of inaccessibility becomes a thing of past. I respect what... We are not going to stop. <laughs> I respect what the American Council of the Blind stand for and allow the people in this room and allow what we will accomplish together. So let's welcome the generation of new accessibility. If we haven't met, please come by, say hello, and thanks for having me here tonight. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I told you he was worth listening to. Great, great uh, work. Thank you, Suman. All right. I am going to uh, ask the chair of the DKM First Timers, Kenneth Simeon Sr., to come forward and introduce you to our 2018 DKM First Timers. Kenneth? Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We are honored to present DKM First Timers. This year, we have one from the West and one from the East, as we requested. And uh, we want to begin by uh, li allowing you to listen to audio introductions for each one of them, and then we'll give them a chance to speak to you briefly. Introducing Becky Dunkerson of Des Moines, Iowa, as DKM first-timer. Becky joined the Iowa Council of the United Blind in 2014 with a desire to gain support while adjusting to blindness, then share knowledge gained with others. Following high school, she acquired a business certificate from Hamilton Business College, then went on to employment including working as a telephone operator, an intake representative assisting individuals and families with domestic violence situations. And for nearly 18 years, Becky has been employed with Wells Fargo, holding several positions while currently working as an accounting specialist. She has actively served in the Des Moines chapter as a board member and secretary, as well as serving on various state affiliate committees with an emphasis on building skills to serve in other areas. Marie Brinus of Fairfax, Virginia, has served as president of ACB of Virginia, formerly known as the Old Dominion Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, for several years, and also treasurer and immediate past president of the local chapter, Nova Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. She has demonstrated her commitment to service, even while experiencing vision loss and other health complications, by actively serving in a number of positions on the local and state level. Her employment extends from working for the Virginia Industries for the Blind to employment with the Virginia Department of Taxation. Marie's community involvement includes being co-chair of the Fairfax Access Services Advisory Board, volunteering for the Equal Rights Center, and more. 
Marie perseveres and desires to serve well. Rick, please pause the recordings. There we go. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you Becky Dunkerson from Des Moines, Iowa. to um, first of all thank the Iowa Council of the United Blind and the Des Moines chapter for getting me started on this journey. In addition, I would like to also thank the ACB and the DKM committee for selecting me to continue my journey. Thank you very much. Thank you, Becky. All right, are we, are we able to hear the introduction of our other DKM first-timer, Nicholas McNeil? Okay, Kenneth's going to step forward. Thank you, Ray. Introducing Nicholas McNeil of Holly Hill, Florida, as DKM first-timer. Nicholas became a member of the Florida Council of the Blind in 2014 after receiving an FCB scholarship to assist in earning his bachelor's degree in photography, which he gladly holds today. Following becoming a member of his local chapter, Halifax Council of the Blind, he became active on various committees and was recently elected as first vice president. Nicholas has joined the Daytona Halifax Area Lions Club, as well as attends and participates in a variety of community events and seminars. He gladly gets involved in advocating for improving the lives of others and desires to learn more and become better involved in ACB. Ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas McNeil. Congratulations. Well, I'd like to thank everybody for, uh, for being here and... Uh, I'd like to uh, make a, uh, a nod to everyone who has provided the structure and values to participate in leadership and making the lives better for everybody. So I'd like to uh, shout out to my local chapter and uh, all their participation and also the state of Florida for pushing me to, yeah, pushing me to, uh, to participate more actively in American Council of the Blind. And I would just like to also mention, I'm very happy to call you all my family as well. I look forward to continuing this mission and, uh, I look forward to working with each and every one of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Congratulations, Thank Nicholas. You. Congratulations. Thank That's great. You. Close. Um, Kenneth, you done? 
All right. Pictures, pictures. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kenneth, um, for that presentation. And Kenneth isn't going very far because we're going to recognize him again in a moment. But right now for our um, introduction of our ACB 2018 Leadership Fellows, I recognize Eric Bridges. Almost impaled myself on the microphone. All right, well, good to be back with you. It's been so long. Well, it is now the third year of a program that I am absolutely delighted to have as part of of ACB and its sort of leadership pipeline uh, to be able to identify talent uh, in the state and special interest affiliates uh, that may not have bubbled up to the national level yet. And that's really what the J.P. Morgan uh, Leadership Fellows Program seeks to do. And uh, want to publicly thank once again for their, uh, for their generosity uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company for providing the funds to now uh, 18 fellows over three years. There are an additional five. Additional five this year that will be recognized. Uh, J.P. Morgan representatives are going to be here later in the week. Uh, as many of you know, they put their money where their mouth is. They don't just support us uh, through the convention uh, monetarily, but they actually come and listen to their customers, many of whom are in the audience. Whether it's a mortgage, Rebecca and I have one of those through them, whether it's through a credit card, whether it's through branch banking, J.P. Morgan is everywhere. And they understand the need of our community to be able to access our financial data in a means that is accessible to us, so whether that's a website or an app or showing up in person. What a thought, showing up to a bank in person. Uh, they're here. They're going to be here. Uh, in addition, Rodney Hood, who is the head of nonprofit engagement for J.P. Morgan, uh, will be attending the banquet Thursday, and he has never been to uh, one of our conventions, and he's really excited to come. I met with him earlier this week. Uh, we welcome Rodney, as well as all of their digital folks, digital team uh, from the San Francisco area, who are going to be here conducting focus groups. So with that, I'm going to hand it back to Kenneth to introduce the five 2018 J.P. Morgan Fellows. Kenneth. Thank you, Eric. Ladies and gentlemen, we will present to you five 
ACB and JP Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows for 2018. And now we'll ask Rick to play the first audio introduction. Marie Brinas of Fairfax, Virginia, has served as president of ACB of Virginia, formerly known as the Old Dominion Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, for several years, and also treasurer and immediate past president of the local chapter, Nova Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired. She has demonstrated her commitment to service, even while experiencing vision loss and other health complications, by actively serving in a number of positions on the local and state level. Her employment extends from working for the Virginia Industries for the Blind to employment with the Virginia Department of Taxation. Marie's community involvement includes being co-chair of the Fairfax Access Services Advisory Board, volunteering for the Equal Rights Center, and more. Marie perseveres and desires to serve well. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to present to you Marie Brinas. Okay. Alrighty, thanks everyone. Um, before I get to my thank yous, I'm going to give a little bit of audio description and my best Joel Snyder. <clears throat> As Marie stands with an awkward smile on her face, only the top of her head is barely visible. So, anyways, I'm short. But I'd like to start off by thanking, first of all, um, Ken Semyon Jr. and the rest of the DKM committee for their due diligence and hard work in picking from, I guess, what would be a plethora of applicants. I'd like to thank Kim and Eric for their um, choosing me as one of the um, awardees. And I'd like to thank my sister, who's here with me for the first time in the convention setting, just to see me um, get this award um, honor. Last but not least, as president of ACB of Virginia, I'd like to thank my minions, I mean, my members, um, for not the ones that are only here, but the rest of you listening on ACB radio. Thank you for your support and confidence in me. Love you guys. Great job. Congratulations. Everybody wants the picture. Okay. Okay, Ray? Mm-hmm. Next, we'll be honoring Darian Slayton Fleming. Just Rick, are we ready? Darian Slayton Fleming resides in Gresham, Oregon, and is a longtime member of ACB of Oregon. She accepted leadership roles such as president of the Multnomah chapter, serving several terms, as one of the founders of the Metro PDX chapter in Portland as well as served as program coordinator and president of ACB Human Service Professionals. She attended Western Oregon University and worked as a resident assistant in the dormitory system, then moved on to Oregon State University until receiving her Bachelor of Science degree in child development and family life, acquired her master's degree in social work from the University of Washington School of Social Work, earned her certification as a vocational rehabilitation counselor, CRC, and later acquired her license as a clinical social worker, LCSW. With many more achievements in the employment arena, Darian has energetically served in her community in an effort to share her abilities. She is committed to being part of the future of ACB of Oregon and ACB. 
Here's Darian. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I love to come up here on stage and get hugs from my friend, Kim Charlson. I want to thank ACB and J.P. Morgan Chase for choosing me for this award. If you're not new to ACB, you can still get this award, which I found out when I applied, hoping I would get it, but thinking I wasn't new. So thank you very much for choosing me. Uh, I want to thank the DKM committee and Kenneth Simeon Sr., and I just want to say thank you for this privilege. I'm looking forward to more years at ACB. Thank you. So right here. He's going to take a picture of you and me together. Can you do one with us? I think he's out there. Are you out there? Yeah? Got it? I think he did. Oh, you're behind us. Can't oh. take our picture if you're behind us. Well, I don't really want to walk her in the picture. I'll pop it up. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. 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 Thank
and the president of the state, um, Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, who wrote the support letter for me, um, the people on the committee who have um, did an interview with me, and then um, our own ACB president who gave me the call saying that I got it. Um, and everybody else behind the scenes, people that have been emailing and texting and people getting us up to the podium, just everyone, thank you so much. Um, also, I would like to say that um, JP, uh, yeah, JP Morgan Chase got a two for one here because I'm the only person here with the service dog. So Virgil also says thank you. <laughs> We now move to uh, Michael Talley of Bessemer, Alabama. Michael Talley of Bessemer, Alabama, currently serves as first vice president of the Alabama Council of the Blind, and he is seeking to become president of his state affiliate this year. Although legally blind since birth, Michael doesn't allow his blindness to define him or hinder him from demonstrating servant leadership while working with others. Upon graduating from the Alabama School for the Blind, he served in leadership roles in the school alumni, and he studied at the University of Montevallo. Michael is licensed in the Business Enterprise Program. He joined the elected committee of blind vendors with service as vice chairman and chairman, along with service as chairman of the elected committee of blind vendors of Alabama. He has also been a very active member of the Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, linked with service on the Sagebrush Planning Committee for several years. Michael is active in his church through participation in the choir, service on the Leadership Council, and as Sunday school teacher. With an array of community and volunteer efforts, it is evident that he is determined to learn, share, and grow. Michael Pelly, everyone. Thank you so much, everyone. I'd like to thank our my local affiliate uh, president or chapter president, Miss Lynn Heddle, our state president, Miss Joan Garrett, the Alabama Council of the Blind. She's done a phenomenal job. I'd also like to thank all of the leaders uh, of the American Council of the Blind, and specifically Mr. Kenneth Simeon Sr. and the DKM committee. I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate uh, J.P. Morgan Chase making this opportunity available. We've already had some great leadership sessions, and just excited. Are you all excited to be here at the 2018 ASCB convention? I hope you all have a great convention. I believe in servant leadership, and I look forward to serving you guys for many years to come. Thank you. Thank you. Now we move to Deb Trevino. 
Deborah Deb Trevino of Newark, Delaware, recently relocated from Kentucky, of which she served Kentucky Council of the Blind as first and second vice president and has been vice president of Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana. She has also served on the board of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind and board of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association. Deb participated in several of the Crossroads Leadership Conferences sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. In the area of education, she earned a B.A. from the Washington Bible College with honors and a Master's in Divinity from the Louisville Presbyterian Theological Seminary with opportunities to exercise what she has learned. She continues to provide pastoral services in Delaware. Deb has also completed several courses from the Hadley Institute for the Blind with instruction in English grammar and conversational Spanish. She has 15 years' experience in medical transcription. Her volunteer work includes needlework for charities, arts and crafts instructor for a senior center, administrating and knitting for two prayer shawl ministries, and creating and leading chapel services for the seminary community. Deb is sure to be an asset to Delaware. Deb Trevino, everyone. to shout out to Kentucky because I'm originally from Kentucky and and these folks have been very significant in my life and so um, thanks to uh, KCB for writing the letter Um, I really appreciate that and I'm very excited to be part of Delaware Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired It's a struggling chapter affiliate, and we're going to make sure that it grows and recognizes its value and um, that that these folks have a lot to offer. And I want to help them find out what they have inside to give to ACB. So I want to thank J.P. Morgan Chase for this opportunity and Kenneth Simeon and the DKM committee for their work and for this opportunity to serve. Thanks to Eric and Kim also. Thanks. Congratulations, Deb. Thanks, Lee. (laughs) Good job. Great job. I know you're going to do great things in Delaware. Thank you for your time. This concludes our presentation for this evening. Thanks. Thank you, Kenneth, and the uh, members of the DKM committee for your hard work in making this program possible. You do a lot to make it happen, so thank you. I'd like to recognize the uh, chair of the Credentials Committee for his uh, report, and you may notice that uh, Ralph Smitherman is the new chair of the Credentials Committee. Um, Gene Mann, the previous chair. Congratulations, Ralph. Uh, He's been a member of the committee for many years. 
and Jean Mann was not able to come for medical reasons and felt that a new chair should be identified, but she's continuing to serve on the committee, and we hope to see her well and fit and with us next year in Rochester, New York. <laughs> Ralph. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Let me move the microphone up a little bit. All right. Hello, ACB members. <laughs> as, as our president mentioned, I am uh, credentials chairman for 2018. Of course, I want to thank the committee for their diligence and effectiveness. Uh, if there are any questions that need to be brought forth, uh, we need to uh, give those to our Secretary Ray Campbell. Uh, we want to encourage all affiliates to continue working through AMMS. It streamlines the process greatly. This year, we will not call the names for New Mexico or South Carolina. So we encourage the ACB board to work with these affiliates so that they may be seated next year. If any individual certified from those states would be here, they are, of course, eligible to vote. But the affiliates will not be called. Also, the Virginia Association for the Blind, we tried several times to... Uh, make contact with them, and we were not able to acquire their information, so they will not be called. Um, <clears throat> this is the preliminary credentials report. I will give the final report in the morning, and once again, I want to thank the committee, and uh, that concludes my report. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. All right. We have a special presentation. I want to recognize Eric Bridges. I'm back again. <laughs> Quite literally, you're not going to be able to get rid of me because I am a life member. <laughs> Isn't there like a private champagne room or something cool that life members get to have access to, like swimming pools with dolphins? And... Anyway, I get to do something really fun this evening. We get to, represent, uh, to recognize a colleague that all of you know for doing something pretty tremendous. 25 years of blood, sweat, and tears work every year, in particular here at this convention. It is my pleasure to recognize Sharon Levering for 25 years of service.
So, this is a, uh, it's a, a, a plaque, and she's surprised, which was sort of the aim of this whole thing. I know we need to get to roll call, but this is fun, so let's continue having fun. Take all the time. Um, Sharon, would you like to say Sure. All right. I'll keep it short since I know that it's a late night enough already. Thank you. Life is precious. Life is short. Hug your loved ones close and make the most of every moment. I'm glad you all could be a part of that. That was that's great. You don't get to do that very often these days, recognizing recognizing 25 years of service. So, what do you think we have to do next? <laughs> Roll call. <laughs> all right, and to conduct our roll call. I introduce to you ACB Secretary, Mr. Ray Campbell. Thank you, Madam President. Hello, ACB. Are we having a great time in St. Louis or what? All right. Well, I want to get you back to more of that good time or sleep or whatever you got to do. And so we're going to try to move this along. Before we begin roll call... We're going to try to streamline roll call just a little bit this year, make it go a little bit quicker, but still experience the enjoyment that roll call is. So, what I'm going to do, so right now what I'd like to ask is the representatives from the first five affiliates. We go alphabetical. We all know our ABCs. So, um, we go alphabetical by state and then by special interest affiliate. So, the first five affiliates on the roll are Alabama Council of the Blind, Arizona Council of the Blind, Arkansas Council of the Blind, California Council of the Blind, and ACB of Colorado. I'd like you to start heading to microphones and get queued up. Here's what we're going to do. So, I just called those five. What I'm going to do is, when Alabama gives me their information, I'll read it back, and then I will ask for the next affiliate in line, which would be Connecticut, to come up. What we're going to try to do is keep like four or five affiliates in queue so that everybody's at microphones. There are people that can assist you in locating microphones and that sort of thing. What this will do is uh, we'll have people up there and uh, ready to go. However, we also want you to use this opportunity to strut your stuff. And that is if you have contributions you want to make to ACB or maybe something from your state you want to brag about, Be brief, but let's do it. And with that, let's get underway. Alabama Council of the Blind, seven votes. Alabama Council of the Blind is very pleased to be here this year. Our official delegate is myself, Joan Garrett. The alternate delegate is Michael Talley. The delegate to the nominating committee is also Michael Talley, and we have requested 25 chairs on the convention floor 
Um, I also, Mr. Secretary, would like to say Alabama Council of the Blind has had several years of a very successful fundraiser, Dancing with the Stars. And this year we would like to... Our, our funds from this fundraiser go towards scholarships to visually impaired students in Alabama. So we thought it would be appropriate to donate $1,000 towards the scholarship fund on a national level. All right, thank you. Rolling with the tide, Alabama, Joan Garrett's the delegate. Michael Talley is the alternate. Michael Talley will also be going to the nominating committee. They need 25 chairs. And before and next up in getting into queue, Connecticut Council of the Blind. Before I move on to the Arizona, I'm going to... I, I was so excited about this, I neglected to tell you what I need to know. <laughs> what I need... Joan, Joan got me, got us going. Okay, so what we, you need to tell me is the name of your delegate, the name of your alternate delegate, the individual who will represent your affiliate on the nominating committee tomorrow evening at 545, the number of chairs you need in the convention hall, and if applicable, the number of wheelchair spaces that you need in the convention hall. All right, so I call Connecticut into the queue. Arizona Council of the Blind, two votes. Arizona Council of the Blind, official delegate will be yours truly, John McCann. Alternate will be Desi Noller. We are regrettably very thin on the ground this year, I believe. Uh, as many of you may know, we lost a, a very uh, stalwart Arizona Council member, Barbara McDonald, on May 26th, who would, of course, have been here. Uh, Ray, I'll have to get back to you on nominating committee rep, and I think five chairs ought to do it. Can you give me your alternate again, John? It's a little hard to hear up here. Yeah, so. Desi, D-E-S-I, Noller, N-O-L-L-E-R. N-O-L-L-E-R? Correct. Okay, you, and you'll get back to me on nominating? I'll get back to you on nominating. I'll, I'll DM you. I'll get you the information, or I'll announce it tomorrow. There we go. That's better. And uh, you want five chairs? Right. Correct. Gotcha. Okay, Arizona Council of the Blind, John McCann is delegate, Desi Noller is the alternate. Uh, they will get back to us on nominating committee tomorrow morning, and they need five chairs. You don't need any wheelchair spots, right, John? Okay, and no wheelchair spots. Okay. Okay, Delaware Council of the Blind, get into the queue. Wait. No, no. I'm just queuing. Next, we have Arkansas Council of the Blind. Four votes. We wouldn't forget you. I'm awake. <laughs> well, it's good. <laughs> Arkansas Council of the Blind. Uh, Sandy Edwards. I'm the delegate. Uh, Teresa Petri, T-H-E-R-E-S-A-P-E-T-R-E-Y, is our alternate delegate. And Teresa will also go to the nominating committee. We'll need five chairs. No wheelchairs. Okay, Arkansas Council of the Blind. Sandra Edwards is the delegate. Teresa Petri is the alternate delegate. Teresa Petri will also be going to the nominating committee, and they need five, five chairs. Okay, let's... D.C. Council of the Blind, get into the queue. Next, we have California Council of the Blind, 25 votes. California Council of the Blind, Judy Wilkinson, president, will be... 
delegate. Jeff Tom, immediate past president, will be our alternate. And I, Judy Wilkinson, will serve on nominating committee. Californians keep popping up. So, Ray, I think we'll need 30 in memory of Marlena Lyberg, colossal California chairs. Okay. 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 For California, Judy Wilkinson is the delegate. Uh, Jeff Tom is the alternate delegate. Judy Wilkinson will go to nominating committee. They need 30 chairs. And no wheelchairs, correct? Okay. Not that I know of, Ray. Thank okay, thank you. Uh, Florida, get it in the queue. ACB of Colorado, two votes. ACB of Colorado, two votes. And for a third, and for a third and final call, ACB of Colorado, two votes. Moving on, um, Georgia get in the queue, Connecticut Council of the Blind, one vote. This is Ellen Telker from the Connecticut Council of the Blind. I will be the delegate. The alternate is Andrea Judice, and I will go to, Ellen Telker will go to the nominating committee. And we need two chairs. Okay. For Connecticut, Ellen Telker is the delegate. Andrea Judice is the alternate delegate. Ellen Telker goes to the nominating committee. And they need two chairs. And thank you very much. Uh, Aloha, Hawaii. Get into the queue. Delaware Council of the Blind, one vote. On behalf of Delaware, Deb Trevino will be the nominate. I'm sorry, the the delegate. Mm -hmm. David Trevino will be the vice. The alternate. Okay, you're good. Alternate, sorry. It's okay. And, um... George Holliday is going to represent us on the nominating committee. And how many seats would you like? Actually, zero. We're going to sit with Kentucky. Okay. <laughs> There's only two of us, you know. Okay. Well, I hope you don't start talking like this by the end of the week. <laughs> Delaware Council of the Blind. Deb Trevino is the delegate. David Trevino is the alternate delegate. George Holliday is going to go to nominating committee, and they do not need any chairs because they're going to hang out with the Kentuckians, y'all. Okay. Illinois, get into the queue. D.C. Council of the Blind, two votes. D.C. Council of the Blind, uh, two votes. For a third and final call, D.C. Council of the Blind, two votes. Okay, Indiana into the queue. Florida Council of the Blind, 25 votes. Good evening, sir. It's Sheila Young, president. Um, Sheila Young will be the delegate. Mikey Wiseman will be the alternate. Mark Lear will be our rep to the nominating committee. And Florida Council is honored to present $1,000 to ACB, to the ACB radio, and $500 for their other funds. And how many chairs would you like, Sheila? 30 chairs, sir. Okay. Okay, Florida Council of the Blind, Sheila Young is the delegate. Mikey Wiseman, if he's not doing flight attendant impersonations, is the alternate delegate. <laughs> Mark Lear is going to go to the nominating committee. They need 30 chairs, and thank you so much for that donation. <coughs> Iowa, get into the queue. Georgia Council of the Blind, seven votes. 
Uh, Georgia Council of the Blind, our delegate will be Marsha Farrow. The alternate will be myself, Alice Richart. I will be attending the nominating committee, and we need nine chairs and one wheelchair slot. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so uh, for Georgia, we have uh, Marsha Farrow as delegate, Alice Richart, alternate delegate. Alice Richart's going to nominating committee. They need nine chairs and one space for a wheelchair. Thank you very much. Hawaii Association of the Blind, aloha, three votes. Aloha. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Pre uh, Mr. Secretary. Uh, Hawaii would be going uh, by name, okay, let's go this way. Start over. Art Cabanilla, <laughs> delegate Don Thompson is our alternate. Don Thompson will be going to nominating. Uh, Hawaii would request 22 chairs. And Don Thompson will be going to nominating. Yeah, you got, you got, okay. got, got that from Gaffer. Okay, thank you. Very good. I'm thinking my memory. Okay. And um, we do have something that we'd like to offer. So, Hawaii would like to offer $1,000 to the ACB General Fund, $1,000 to the Braille Forum, $500 to the ACB Radio, and an additional $500 to the ACB students. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I, I will I'll, I'll announce that after I do Hawaii. Okay. Hello. Hawaii is going to have Art Cabanella is delegate. Don Thompson is going to be the alternate. Don Thompson is going to go to nominating committee and they need 22 chairs. Mahalo. Great job, guys. Aloha on that one. <clears throat> okay, before I queue up the next one, um, we did, the Colorado uh, person did come forward, Rod Chard, C-H-A-R-D, C-H-R-D, Rod Chard. He's going to be the alternate delegate and nominating. He's the only one here from Colorado, and I suppose he needs like one seat, right, Rod? <laughs> He's going to sit with Washington, so... Is, if they'll have him, well, okay, that, that's up to them to figure out. I'm not getting into that one. No, no chairs. If Washington will have me, I'll go hang out <laughs> <Okay>. with them. <laughs> you, you, you guys figure that one out. I'm not getting in the middle of that one. <laughs> and with that one, I'm going to ask the Bluegrass, I'm going to the Kansas Association to get into the queue, and uh, Bluegrass also. I think I lost my count just a little bit here. Next, uh, we move on to... The my great home state, the Illinois Council of the Blind. Four <laughs> votes. Good evening. You know, we got the difficult task of following up Hawaii every year. Do we get extra points for that? <laughs> I'm Rachel Schroeder. I'm president of Illinois Council of the Blind. And the one way I can follow that up by saying is uh, we look forward to hosting this very convention in two years, 2020, the 59th annual convention of the American Council of the Blind in Schaumburg, Illinois. Yes. So we hope you all will join us there. Mm -hmm. I, Rachel Schroeder, will be serving as our delegate. Our alternate delegate is Mr. Larry Turnbull, and I also will be going to nominating committee, and we would like 20 chairs, please. Okay. Put my numbers in, and okay. Thank you, Rachel. Um, Illinois Council of the Blind, uh, Rachel Schroeder is delegate. Larry Turnbull is going to be alternate delegate. Rachel Schroeder is going to go to nominating committee. 
and they need 20 chairs. And from this Illinoisan, it's great to be with all of you this week, but especially with our neighbors to the southwest here in Missouri. All right. Kentucky case, Kentucky Council of the Blind, get into the queue. ACB of Indiana, you're up eight votes. Good evening. ACB Indiana reporting. This is Barbara Salisbury, and I will be serving as delegate. Our immediate past president, Lynn Powers, will be our alternate, and Bill Sparks will be our representative on the nominating committee. Please join uh, us this fall for our joint state convention with Ohio. We will be hosting, and we have a new website at Indiana, acb-indiana.org, and you can learn about the convention. We'll have a lot of informational stuff and fun stuff as well. So and how many seats, Barb? Okay, 12 chairs, please. Okay. Indiana, ACB of Indiana, Barb Sal- Barbara Salisbury will serve as delegate. Lynn Powers will serve as alternate delegate. Bill Sparks will go to the nominating committee, and they request uh, 12 chairs with basketball hoops, because basketball is pretty popular in that state. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Louisiana Council of the Blind, into the queue, please. Iowa Council of the United Blind, four votes. Uh, Carrie Chapman, Iowa Council of the Blind. Um, the delegate will be myself. Alternate delegate will be Don Worth. Uh, nominating will be Norma Bogey. We need 18 chairs, a, a wheelchair, and we have two scooters. Okay, so you, let me get all that down, Carrie. Uh, Gary Chapman is delegate. Uh, Don Worth is D-O-N and then W-O-R-T-H? W-I-R-T-H. Okay, thank you. That's why we, that's why we ask. Yep. <laughs> and, and all the email I get from Norma, I should know how to spell her last name, but I don't. B-O-G-E, correct, Norma? Yeah. B-O-G-E. Uh, yeah. And you need eight, how many chairs, please? Eighteen again? chairs. One, eight, eighteen. And you also... And, and you need a space for a wheel. You got a wheelchair and two skirters, so you need three wheelchair slots. Then. Yep. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think I just hurt Norma's feelings out there. Okay, Maine, please get into the queue. Kansas Association of the Blind and Visually Impaired, three votes. Kansas, ooh, sorry, Kansas Association for the Blind, Ann Byington will be the delegate. Michael Byington will be the alternate delegate. And Timothy Hornick, spelled H-O-R-N-I-K, will be the delegate to the nominating committee. We need six chairs, please. Thanks, Ann. Uh, For Kansas, Ann Byington is the delegate. Michael Byington is the alternate delegate. Timothy Hornick is going to go to the nominating committee, and they need six chairs. ACB of Maryland, into the queue, please. Bluegrass Council of the Blind, four votes. For the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, the delegate will be myself, Susan Ament. Uh, the alternate delegate will be Sam Seavey. Want to spell his last name, please? Seavey, S-E-A-V-E-Y. Okay. Our representative on the nominating committee will be our member, Paula Weiss. And Bluegrass would like to have seven chairs. Okay. For the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, Susan Ament will be the delegate. Sam Seavey will go to be the alternate. 
Paula Weiss will go to nominating committee and they need seven chairs, please. Thank you very much. Okay, Michigan Council of the Blind into the queue, please. Kentucky Council of the Blind, 13 votes. Mr. Secretary, this is Debbie Dethridge, president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Last year in Reno, Nevada, we had two members. This year we have 38 members here. We have go, five guys. past presidents, four chapter representatives, and 14 first-time members. Right. Our, dele- our delegate will be Joey Couch. He's first vice president of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and a younger person. He's also a member of our under 40 chapter. Our delegate will be Matthew Selm. He's president of our next generation chapter, our 40 and under chapter. And the uh, nominate, representative to the nominating committee will be myself, Debbie Detheridge. And we need 25 chairs and one space for a wheelchair. Okay. Thank you, Debbie. And uh, all right, for Kentucky. Joey Couch is the uh, delegate. Hope your lovely wife's doing well, Joey. Matt Selm is alternate. Debbie Detheridge is going to go to nominating committee. They need 25 chairs and one space for a wheelchair. Uh, ACB of Minnesota, get in the queue, please. Louisiana Council of the Blind, three votes. Delegate is Nicole Swallow, S-O-I-L-E-A-U. Mm-hmm. Alternate delegate, Grady Ebert, E-B-E-R-T. Nominating committee is Teresa Curry, C-U-R-R-Y. We need 15 chairs and two wheelchairs. Okay, for Louisiana, Nicole Swallow is going to be the delegate. Grady Ebert is the alternate. Teresa Curry is going to go to nominating committee. They need 15 chairs and two slots for wheelchairs, please. Let me... Mississippi, get into the queue, please. ACB of Maine, two votes. ACB of Maine, Mary Ellen Frost will be the delegate. Nancy Matulis will be the alternate. Mary Ellen Frost will be going to nominations, and we would like two chairs, please. Okay. Mary Ellen Frost will represent Maine as the delegate. Nancy Matulis will be the alternate delegate. Mary Ellen Frost will go to nominating committee. and. And they need two chairs. Missouri, get in the queue, please. Who actually missed one. Let, let me uh, kind of back this up here. Bay State Council, why don't you get in the queue, too? Um, I, uh, this is the first time we're doing this, so I have to go down and check them. So. Okay, Maryland is next. Uh, ACB of Maryland, you got three votes. Um, okay, Ray, uh, Cindy Lebon, I will go as delegate. Patsy Harlan will be alternate delegate. I will go to nominating. And I hate to do this to you again, but we have an increased chair amount of 15. One wheelchair. I'm sorry. I know we've had a lot of... If you increase the numbers, it's great with me. You can change it right up to tonight. That is no problem. Oh, wonderful. For for Maryland. Yeah, I got it. Okay, and we also need... Six guide dog special sleep number loungers. <laughs> of which one is for the diva gardenia. <laughs> and thank 
you, Ray. I'm does she know how to set her sleep number? That's what I want yes, to know. Actually, actually, she does. Yes, okay. we've been on them. All right. I, I really thank you so you much bet. because we've been through this a few times. Hey, it's it's no problem. It thank is absolutely you. not a problem. ACB of Maryland, um, Cindy Lebon's going to be the delegate. Patsy Harlan's going to go to nominating. Cindy Lebon's going to, or Patsy Harlan's going to be alternate. Excuse me, I have it written right. Just said it wrong. Cindy LeBond's going to nominating. They need 15 chairs, one spot for a wheelchair, and some sleep number beds for the dogs. Okay. Okay. Bay State Council of the Blind, eight votes. Massachusetts delegate will be Mary Haroyan. That's H-A-R-O-Y-A-N. Oh, Y-A-N? Y-A-N. Got it. Okay. Alternate delegate will be Frank Ventura. And nominating committee rep will be Steve Dresser. And we would like 15 chairs. Okay. Mary Heroyan will be the delegate for Bay State. Um, <clears throat> Frank Ventura is the alternate. Steve Dresser is going to go to nominating committee. And they request 15 chairs. Let me check my queuing. Okay. Montana, please get into the queue. Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, six votes. Ray Campbell, this is Kim Abair from Louisiana. I failed to tell you that we have two donations to Well, report. we'll pause for that. <laughs> uh, we have $500 for the Braille Forum and $500 for the General Fund. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, six votes. Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually Impaired, I will be the delegate, John Jarzina. The alternate delegate is Casey Dutmer, and Casey Dutmer will go to nominating, and we need six chairs. Okay. For Michigan, uh, John Jarzina is the delegate. Casey Dutmer is the alternate. Um, Casey Dutler is also going to go to the nominating committee, and they need six chairs. Nebraska, please get in the queue. ACB of Minnesota, three votes. American Council of the Blind of Minnesota. Welcome. I'd like to welcome all the new members to the convention. And we send you greetings from the land of 10,000 lakes, where the state's bird is still the mosquito. <laughs> we have a unique situation, Mr. Secretary. We have three delegates. We're splitting all of our duties. I, Catalina Martinez, am a delegate. Larry Laura is a delegate. And Colleen Kadagawa is also a delegate. We have no alternates. Larry Laura will be serving on a nominating committee. And we need 10 chairs, no wheelchairs. And I'd like to announce that we have contributed $1,000 to the James Olson Scholarship. Okay. Um, Catalina, just, just, so, just so you know, um, you have to designate one of your delegates as an alternate delegate. So if, some, if you're not on Colleen the Colleen Kitagawa will be the alternate. Okay. Give me the spelling on that one, Colleen, K-I-T-I-A-G-A-W-A. Give me her first name, too. Colleen. C-O-L-L-E-E-N. And the last name again, I'm sorry. It's K-I-T-A-G-A-W-A. 
W-A. Got it. Thank you very much. From Minnesota, Catalina Martinez is delegate. Colleen Kitagawa is the alternate delegate. Larry Lura is going to go to the nominating committee. They need 10 chairs. Okay, Nevada, get into the queue, please. Uh, Mississippi Council of the Blind, six votes. <laughs> Mr. Secretary, uh, <clears throat> Mississippi Council of the Blind would like to invite everyone to visit our website at mscounciloftheblind.org. We also have Ralph Smitherman as delegate, Kenneth Reed as alternate delegate, and Allison Smitherman as nominating committee representative. We need 18 chairs, no wheelchairs. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ralph Smitherman is the delegate. Kenneth Reed's alternate. Allison Smitherman's going to go to the nominating committee. And they need 18 chairs, please. New Jersey, get in queue, please. Missouri Council of the Blind, 25 votes. Mr. Secretary, Chris Gray, Executive Director of the Missouri Council of the Blind. Welcome, everybody. Yes. Missouri will have... Thank you. Missouri will have as our delegate, President Denny Huff, alternate delegate, Chip Haley, and Deanna Noriega will represent us in the nominating committee. We would like, if we could please, to have 80 chairs. All right. <laughs> and, and, and trust me, we'll use them. <laughs> and we need, uh, we need four wheelchair spots as well. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, Chris. Missouri Council of the Blind, Denny Huff is going to be the delegate. Uh, Chip Haley is going to be the alternate delegate. Deanna Noriega is going to go to the nominating committee. They need 80. That's eight zero chairs and four spots, four wheelchairs. All right. Okay. All right, Missouri. <laughs> okay. New York, get in queue. And Montana Blind and Low Vision Council, two votes. Ray, this is Alan Peterson. Mm-hmm. I will represent uh, Montana as their, uh, as their delegate, as their alternate delegate, and their <laughs> representative to the nominating committee. And I will move across the border to North Dakota to sit with them. Well, you're going to be a busy man, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> For Montana, Alan Peterson's delegate. Alan Peterson is the alternate delegate. Alan Peterson's going to go to the nominating committee. And after all that, he's going to go to North Dakota and rest because he's going to sit over there with them. So no chairs for Montana. Thank you very much. North Carolina, get in the queue, please. ACB of Nebraska, one vote. Nebraska, home of the College World Series, the new RSA commissioner. And the reigning 2018 Miss USA. Nebraska, we also recognize the N stands for knowledge. Um, Nebraska will have as its delegate Jim Urock, alternate delegate Mark Bolger, and Ray, there's been a change since I've sent you the email. I have talked myself into going to nominating committee because I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, and we would like five chairs in the same room as Missouri. Okay. <laughs> it just keep you out of trouble, Yurok, going to nominating. Okay. Okay, Nebraska, Jim Yurok is delegate. Mark Bulger is the alternate. Jim Yurok's going to go to nominating committee. They need five chairs. Thank you very much. 
North Dakota Association, get into the queue, please. Nevada Council of the Blind, five votes. Hello. Um, I'm Robin Rader with the, from the Silver State of La, uh, Nevada. And um, I'm nervous. Please forgive me. That's okay. Just You're doing good. I am the delegate. Jason Ian is the alternate delegate. And I'm going, I, Robin Rader, the delegate, I'm going to the nominating committee. I mean, nominating meeting, yes. Nominating committee meeting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And how many seats do you need, Robin? <coughs> Five. Five? Okay. Oops. I don't want to put that in there. I'll screw up my formula. I, I had a letter in my number formula. No, That'll no screw things up. No scooters. That's no problem. Robin, great job. Robin Rader is going to be the delegate for Nevada. Jason Ian is going to be the alternate. Robin Rader is going to go to the nominating committee. They need five chairs, please. Okay, Ohio, get into the queue, please. New Jersey Council of the Blind, three votes. New Jersey Council of the Blind, three votes. And for a third and final time, New Jersey Council of the Blind, three votes. Let me just do a quick check. Okay, Oklahoma, get in queue, please. ACB of New York, seven votes. Uh, ACB of New York, Lori Scharf, delegate, Kathy Casey, alternate delegate. Kathy Casey will be going to nominating, and we need 15 chairs. <laughs> 15 on the chairs, Lori? Yes. Got it. Sure. Okay, yep. <laughs> For New York, Lori Scharf is the delegate. Kathy Casey is the alternate Kathy's also going to go to nominating committee. They need 15 chairs, please. ACB of Oregon, please get into the queue. North Carolina Council of the Blind, four votes. Good evening, everybody. Easy. From the great state of North Carolina, with its sandy beaches and its majestic mountains, we bring greetings. Thank you very much. Uh, Ricky Scott. I will be the uh, delegate. Lawrence Carter will be the alternate delegate. And I will be the uh, representative at the nominating committee. Okay, and how many seats, Ricky? Ten. Ten. Okay, North Carolina Council of the Blind, Ricky Scott is the delegate. Lawrence Carter is the alternate delegate. Ricky, er... Ricky Scott's going to nominating committee, and they need 10 chairs, please. Okay, Pennsylvania, please get in the queue. North Dakota Association of the Blind, eight votes. Um, good evening, Mr. Secretary. My name is Lexi Steffen. I will be the delegate for North Dakota. Michael Hepner will be the alternate delegate. Zelda Gebhardt will be representing us in the nominating committee. And we need six chairs. Um, and I am pleased to announce that the North Dakota Association of the Blind has donated $500 for the Braille Forum. Okay, thank you. Lexi Steffen for North Dakota is the delegate. Mike, Mike, Hope, Mike Hepner, excuse me, is yeah. the alternate delegate. Zelda Gebhardt is going to go to the nominating committee. They need six chairs, please. 
Okay, let me just check my queue here. Oh, I South Dakota, get into the queue, please. And ACB of Ohio, eight votes. Karen Spry's the delegate, Melody Banks alternate. Vicki Prane will go to nominating, and we need 12 chairs. Okay. Karen Spry as delegate. Melody Banks is the alternate. Melody Banks also is going to go to nominating committee. And Ohio needs... No, Vicki Prane is going to nominating. Okay. That's a change. Let me write that down. Is it I-E or Y on Vicky? Y. Y. Thank you. I got it. I got it. Okay. Let me read that again. For Ohio, it's going to be Karen Spry, the delegate. Uh, Melody Banks, the alternate delegate. Vicky Prans going to the nominating committee. And they need 12 chairs. Okay. Okay. Tennessee, get in queue, please. Oklahoma Council of the Blind, 20 votes. Mr. Secretary, from the great, windy state of Oklahoma, we have Vicki Golightly, myself, the president, as delegate, Jay Doudna as the alternate delegate, myself going to nominating committee. We need 12 chairs and one space for a wheelchair. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> well, Oklahoma doesn't go lightly. Ooh, that, you've probably never heard that before. <laughs> okay. For Oklahoma, Vicki Golightly is the delegate. Jay Dowden is the alternate. Vicki Golightly is going to nominating committee. They need 12 chairs and one space for a wheelchair. Texas, get into the queue, please. ACB of Oregon, six votes. Mr. Chair? Mm-hmm. I, uh... Bring greetings from our state president, James Edwards. He regrets he could not be here this year because uh, being the mayor of Coos Bay, Oregon, they lost their city manager, and so obviously he had to take care of business. He sends his regrets for not being here. Oregon, the newly crowned national champions of the Baseball World Series. <laughs> Oregon Beavers and, and the state that gave us our great national president, Kim Charleston. <laughs> we, I will be the uh, delegate, Darian Slayton Fleming will be the alternate delegate. I will attend the nominating committee, and we need eight chairs. I would also uh, like to donate personally $1,000 in the name of Oregon to the general fund, um, and however I can pay that, whether you'll accept my credit card or check. <laughs> Whatever you need, I'm going to give it to you and donate it to the general fund in the name of the state of Oregon. Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. Art. Chair. Thank you, Art. Okay. For Oregon, Art Stevenson is the delegate. Darian Slayton Fleming is the alternate. Art Stevenson will go to nominating nominating committee. Uh, they need eight chairs. Thank you very much for that very generous donation. Utah, get in queue, please. Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, nine votes. 
This is Chris Hunsinger uh, from Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Uh, we're the Keystone State and also home of the Super Bowl champion. Get a little closer to it. I can hardly hear Philadelphia you. Philadelphia Eagles and the Pittsburgh Penguins as Stanley Cup champions for a couple of years. Uh, we won't go into the Pirates. But anyway, um, we need... Oh, I, I, let's see, Sue Lichtenfels is the, uh, candid, uh, is the um, candidate, I am the alternate, and I'm also going to be nominating, and we need 10 chairs and two wheelchairs. Okay, thank you, Chris. Sue Lichtenfels is the delegate, Chris Hunsinger is the alternate Chris, Hunts, Chris Huntsinger is going to go to nominating committee. They need 10 chairs and two spots for Ten wheelchairs. 10 chairs and two wheelchairs, right. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Vermont, get in queue. South Dakota Association of the Blind, two votes. South Dakota Association of the Blind, two votes. And for a third and final time, South Dakota Association of the Blind, two votes. We'll move on. Um, let's see. All right. Let's see. Moving on to uh, Virginia. Uh, get into the... No, yeah, Virginia. Let me make sure here. Yeah, ACB of Virginia, get in queue, please. Tennessee Council of the Blind, six votes. All right. Whoops. I'm a little close there. This is Jean Johnson, first vice president, and I will be the, or I am the delegate. Penny Verity is the alternate delegate, and I will be going to the nominating committee. Also, we made a $400 donation to the Brenda Dillon Walk, and thank you. And we're making a $200 donation for the Braille Forum and a $200 donation for the DKM scholarship. All right. And how many seats do you need? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you that. Okay. Well, this is going to be a little different. We need 33 seats, but after Monday, we only need 20 seats. We have a group of new people who've never been to convention before and... They were able to come for part of it, so that's why the change in the seats. Okay, so I'll give you 33 then. Yes. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Okay, for Tennessee, Gene Johnson's the, the delegate. Penny Verity is the alternate delegate. Gene Johnson's going to nominating committee. They need 33 chairs. Yes. Thank you very much. Washington Council, get in the queue, please. Texas, 12 votes. ACB of Texas. ACB of Texas. Ray, did you say go ahead for now for our, with ours? Okay. ACB of Texas, Kenneth Simeon Sr., delegate. Alternate delegate, Peggy Garrett. <coughs> Nominating Kenneth Simeon Sr. We need 27 chairs and three spaces for wheelchairs. For ACB of Texas, Kenneth Simeon is the delegate. Peggy Garrett is the alternate delegate. Kenneth Simeon Sr. is going to go to nominating committee, and they need 27 chairs and three spots for wheelchairs. Thank you very much. Uh, Mountain State Council, please get in the queue. Utah Council of the Blind, 25 votes. 
Hi, this is Tina Terry, and I will be the delegate. Donnie Mitchell will be the alternate. I will be attending the nominating committee, and we need four chairs, please. Okay. For Utah, Tina Terry is the delegate. Donnie Mitchell is the alternate delegate. Tina Terry is going to the nominating committee, and they need four chairs, please. ACB of Wisconsin, get in the queue, please. Vermont Council of the Blind, three votes. Vermont Council of the Blind, three votes. And for a third and final time, Vermont Council of the Blind, three votes. Uh, moving on. Wyoming, in queue, please. American Council of the Blind of Virginia, two votes. Uh, good evening, uh, Mr. Secretary. Uh, this is Marie Brinas, President of ACB Virginia. But since um, D.C. didn't claim them and they do practice in Virginia, I'd like to say the um, home of the this current year's Stanley Cup champions, Washington Capitals. So I will be the delegate. Judy D Jackson will be alternate. And Doug Powell will be going to nominating. And we are going to need 10 big serving platters for 10 juicy Virginia hams. Okay, run, run, the, uh, run the delegate stuff by me again. I'm having a little trouble hearing some of these mics up here. I don't know why, but I'm, it's that one mic, and I'm having a little trouble hearing it. So if you could run the delegate past me one more okay. time, Marie. That would be me, Marie Brinius. Um, alternate, Judy Jackson. And Doug Powell will be going to nominating. Whoa, that's a lot better. And uh, the alternate, one more time, I'm sorry. Judy. Judy Jackson. Jackson, okay. yes. Um, and 10 platters for the Virginia Hams. There we go. Okay. And 10 chairs. Let me get that down. All right. Marie Brinas will be the delegate. Judy Jackson's the alternate. Doug Powell's going to go to nominating committee. They need 10 chairs, please, and some Virginia Hams to go along with it. Okay. <laughs> AAVL, get in queue, please. Washington Council of the Blind. I wonder if they're here. Uh, <laughs> 17 votes. We are here. <laughs> Good. I, Denise Colley, will be the delegate. First Vice President Andy Arvidson, A-R-V-I-D-S-O-N, will be the alternate delegate. I will be the delegate to the nominating committee. And Ray, for the third time, we have chair changes also. We will need 26 regular chairs and two wheelchair spaces. And we need 26 because we love Rod Chard. And Washington will always claim him because we had him first. <laughs> okay. That sounds like a plan. Denise Colley will be the delegate for Washington. Andy Arvidson will be the alternate delegate. Denise Colley will be going to the nominating committee. And they need um, the grand total is 28 chairs, including two spots for wheelchairs. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, um, Amer teachers, get into the queue, please. Mountain State Council of the Blind, two votes. Mountain State Council of the Blind, the delegate will be Nyanetta Garner, 
alternate delegate, Wisconsin. Kathy Gerhardt, and representative Wisconsin. to the nominating committee, Donna Brown. We'd like to have eight chairs, and we're making a $50 donation to the First Timers Fund. Thank you, Nanetta. I need uh, Kathy. Is that a Kathy with a C or a K? K. Okay. <clears throat> and how's the last name spelled? Gerhardt, G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T. I uh, just thought so, but uh, just wanted to make double sure. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. For Mountain State Council, Nanetta Garner will be the delegate. Kathy Gerhardt's going to be the alternate. Donna Brown's going to nominating, and they need eight chairs. And thank you for that very generous donation. Uh, attorneys, get in the queue, please. ACB of Wisconsin, one vote. ACB of Wisconsin, I'm Mickey pra- Marilyn Pran, president. Uh, let's see. Uh, we need... I love... Uh, I'm the um, delegate... Uh, Kathleen Kent is the uh, alternate delegate, and uh, Richard Johnson is the um, nominating committee. And um, we need six chairs, no wheelchairs, and go Brewers. (laughs) Yes. First place Brewers. (laughs) All right. Uh, For Wisconsin, Mickey Prahan is the delegate. Kathy Kent's the alternate delegate. Richard Johnson's going to the nominating committee, and they need six chairs and some uh, secret sauce stadium brats probably would be very good. You got it. Uh, Diabetics, please get in the queue. Wyoming Council of the Blind, one vote. Mr. Secretary, Alan Peterson, uh, Wyoming didn't show. The Cowboys didn't show up, so they're not going to be here. Okay, so... They will, you, they will officially will not be here, so I will not call them the rest of the week. So Very Wyoming good. will Thank not you. be called. Let me delete the row. And there were some other ones that you haven't heard from tonight, folks, um, because I didn't hear anything official. I will call them one more time, and uh, we'll go through those in the morning. Uh, I'll call them one more time. If we do not hear anything from them, they will not be called the rest of the week. Um, that's how we... <clears throat> Okay, families, get in the queue, please. Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, one vote. Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, one vote. Uh, yes, I'm getting to the mic. There he is. There he is. I hear myself cued. Mr. Secretary, Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss, Uh, I, John Huffman, will be the delegate. Carolyn Burley will be our alternate. And there is a change on the nomination committee. Um, I had given you a name earlier, but I'm going to uh, substitute in that spot because the person that we had chosen had a conflict. Thank you. Oh, and by the way, we will, um, AAVL members... As is customary, we'll sit with their own state delegations. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, John. John Huffman's going to be the delegate for AABL. Carolyn Burley will be the alternate delegate. John Huffman's going to go to nominating committee, and they do not need any chairs. Okay. Government employees, get in queue, please. 
American Association of Blind Teachers, two votes. Uh, American Association of Blind Teachers, two votes. And for a third and final time, American Association of Blind Teachers, two votes. Uh, moving on. Um, uh, ACB Alliance, get into the queue, please. American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys, two votes. Uh, Mr. Secretary, the American Association of Visually Impaired Attorneys delegate will be Carla Westjohn. Carla with a K. The alternate delegate will be Charles Navarrete. And the delegate to the nominating committee will be Chris Prentice. And as is our custom, we will sit with our states. We will not need any chairs. Uh, Charles, give me the spelling on your last name, please. N A B is in blue, A R R E T E. Got it. And I got, okay, for the attorneys, and hopefully they won't charge me for a consultation for this, uh, Carla Westjohn is going to be the delegate. Charles Nabarrete will be the alternate delegate. Chris Prentice is going to nominating, and they do not need any chairs. They will sit with their state, with their state delegations. Okay, radio amateurs, get into the queue, please. Uh, ACB Diabetics in Action, three votes. ACB Diabetics in Action, three votes. Good evening. This is Donna Seliger. I will be the delegate, and I will sit on the nominating committee. Our alternate currently is Chris Gray, unless that changes. Um, we will not need any chairs because we'll sit with our uh, state affiliates. Thank you. Okay. Huh? Okay. For the ACB Diabetics in Action, Donna Seliger will be the delegate. Chris Gray is the alternate. Donna Seliger will be the nominating committee person. They do not need any chairs. They'll sit with their states. Um, students, get into the queue, please. ACB families, three votes. ACB families, three votes. Okay, I, I'm queuing people, so you need to be moving. <laughs> ACB families. Here we go. Oh, we got a mic not on. Is that? Thank, thank you. I'm sorry, there's nobody to show us where these mics are. We're wandering up and down the aisles here. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead with your report, please. Um, okay, ACB families is um, Lisa Brooks, for delegate, Leslie Tom, alternate, and Ron Brooks for nominating. Okay. And Will don't, not need chairs. 
Okay. For ACB families, Lisa Brooks as delegate, Leslie Tom as alternate delegate, Ron Brooks as going to nominating committee, and they do not need any chairs. Okay. They don't want to separate families. Except... Oh, that's bad. He said we don't want to separate families. <laughs> oh, oh. I think we better move on. Bits, blind information technology specialist, please get into the queue. ACB government employees, one vote. ACB government employees, one vote. What is taking us so long to get to microphones, guys? Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, government employees, one more time, one vote. We're moving on. Uh, blind LGBT Pride International, get in the queue. ACB Lions, three votes. Mr. President, this is Carla Rushevel, president of ACB Lions. We have increased our roar this year by one vote, so we have three. And uh, we will have as delegate June Link, at, um, who did a mighty fine job singing the Star Spangled Banner. Mm -hmm. And our alternate will be Mitch Pomerantz, and our delegate, uh, our nominating committee representative will be Adam Rushevel. Okay. And no chairs, correct, Carla? No chairs. We're sitting with our okay, delegations. Okay, very good. Okay, for Lions, June Link will be delegate. Mitch Pomerantz will be alternate delegate. Adam Rushevel is going to nominating, and they do not need any chairs. Braille Revival League, get into the queue, please. ACB Radio Amateurs, one vote. ACB Radio Amateurs, John Glass will be the delegate. Mike Duke will be the alternate delegate. Mike Duke will go to the nominating committee as the delegate. I was going to say we'll all be out working on our antenna tower, but it's too blooming hot, so we'll have to, uh, our, our state delegations will have to endure our presence uh, this week. We need no chairs. Okay. Thanks, Mike. And uh, I agree about that. John Glass is delegate. Mike Duke is the alternate delegate. Mike Duke is going to nominating committee. They need zero chairs. They'll sit with their states. CCLVI, get into the queue, please. ACB students, one vote. Hi, this is Min Ha, and I'm going to be the delegate. And Emily Sheets will be alternate. And I'm going to nominating committee. Uh, we'll need 10 chairs, no wheelchairs. Is Emily's last name S-H-E-E-T-S? Yes. Okay. Maybe right. Okay, That's get that right. in here. Okay. For ACB students, Min Ha. Yes. I got gotcha. you. My, my computer just went crazy. I got, I got to rewrite something here. Hold on. Okay. It, it, it pasted the last thing that I had in here. 
and put Mike Duke into the students, and I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, now we got it. Min Ha is delegate. Emily Sheets is delegate, is alternate. Excuse me, Min Ha going to the nominating committee. They need 10 chairs. Thank you very much, students. Okay, friends in art, get into the queue, please. Blind information technology specialists, four votes. Blind information technology specialist, Richard Villa is the delegate. Yours truly, Martin Kuhn, is the alternate delegate. And gosh, I'm so bored, I guess I'm going to be a nominating. And I, according to Tom Jones, we need four chairs. Okay. For bits, um, we have... Uh, Richard Villa is the delegate. Martin Kuhn is the alternate. Martin Kuhn's going to nominating committee... They need four chairs. Thank you very much. Guide Dog Users Incorporated into the queue, please. Blind LGBT Pride International, five votes. Good evening. Um, Blind LGBT Pride International, always proud to bring the rainbow to convention. Yes. Mr. Kevin Ratliff is going to be our delegate. Myself, Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Assistant, uh, alternate delegate. And uh, Ray, I will get back to you in terms of nominating tomorrow first thing. Okay, and we, uh, your yeah. last name, Gabriel, it's Gabriel Lopez Dash, and then what's the second part of your name? Kafati, K A F A T I. Okay. And you're not reporting a nominating committee at this time? I'm presenting you tomorrow. Okay. The, uh, and how many seats do you need? We if need any? five chairs, no wheelchairs. Five? Excellent. Thank you. Okay, for Blind LGBT Pride International, Kevin Ratliff is the delegate. Gabriel Lopez Cafati is the alternate delegate. They will report a nominating committee in the morning, and they need five chairs. Hit control S every once in a while. That's always a good thing to do. Um, Ivy, get in the queue. Braille Revival League, six votes. The Braille Revival League's delegate will be Paul Edwards. Uh, the alternate will be Debbie Grubb. And going to nominating for us is Judy Jackson. We don't need any chairs because we are sitting with our state delegation and we're the only affiliate where a cell is a good thing. <laughs> That's a hard sell, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a six dot or an eight dot cell? That's the only thing I want to know. Uh, it's an eight dot cell, sir. Okay, we, we, we're good on that. All right. Paul Edwards is the delegate. Debbie Grubb is the alternate delegate. Judy Jackson's going to nominating committee. They do not need any chairs, but they would like some uh, slates and styluses to take notes over there oh, in their states. So find them and give them. <clears throat> Lua, into the queue, please. CCLVI, 11 votes. Hello, Ray. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Leslie Spoon, delegate. Richard Ruda, alternate delegate. Sarah Conrad, going to nominate committee. And we would like 15 chairs. And we would like some magnifiers also, if you don't mind. Well, you, you, as big as this room is, you may need them. 
Leslie Spoons, the delegate. Richard Retta is the alternate delegate. Sarah Conrad's going to nominating, and they need 15 chairs and uh, maybe some uh, some uh, video magnifiers would be great. RSVA, get in the queue, please. Friends and Art of ACB, three votes. Right. Um, yes. This is Lynn Heddle. I will be the delegate. Harvey Miller will be the alternate. And June Link will go to the nominating committee for us. We need no chairs. Okay. Hanging out Lynn, in Alabama. Okay. Lynn Heddle is the delegate. Harvey Miller is the alternate. June Link's going to the nominating committee. And they need zero chairs. And veterans, Viva, get into the queue, please. Guide Dog Users Incorporated, 18 votes. Did you say? Uh, guide, yes, I did. GDUI, 18 votes. No problem. Um, so, uh, Penny Reader is the delegate. Charlie Crawford is the alternate delegate. And Charlie is going to nominating committee. And uh, since we're both from Maryland, we're sitting with Maryland. But anyone who wants to come and find us should find us there. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. We have no more to queue up. So, uh, let me read that back. Penny Reader is the delegate. Charlie Crawford's the alternate. Charlie Crawford's going to nominating committee, and they need zero chairs. And what was our vote count? Your vote count is 18. Thank you so much. You got it. Um, we have no more to queue up. Independent visually impaired entrepreneurs, two votes. Artist Basin president. Our delegate will be Jeanette Gerard. Our alternate will be Carla Hayes. And Artist Basin will be nominating committee, and we'll be sitting with our um, affiliates. Okay. For Ivy, Jeanette Gerard is the delegate, Carla <laughs> Hayes is alternate, Artist Basin is going to nominating committee, and they do not need any chairs. Library Users of America, six votes. Library Users of America has one more vote because we've gotten more members this year. Hey, good job. Our delegate will be Carla Rushevold. Our alternate will be Sharon Strakowski. And going to nominating is Peggy Garrett. And we will be quietly reading our books with our delegations. Okay. And... Probably some Victor Streams they would probably like also. Uh, Carla Rushevel's Lewis delegate. Sharon Strakowski is the alternate. Peggy Garrett's going to nominating committee, and they need zero chairs because they'll sit with their states. Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, 21 votes. Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, delegate, Artis Bazin, alternate, Carla. Oh. Getting my affiliates mixed up. Alternate, Dan Sippel, and nominating committee, Dan Sippel. And five chairs. And um, you want five chairs, you said? Yes. Got it. Thank you very much. Randolph Shepard Vendors of America, 21 votes. Uh, Artist Basin's the delegate. Dan Sippel's the alternate. Dan Sippel will be going to nominating and they need five chairs, and I think we owe them a big round of applause. Uh, the vendor's 50th anniversary of the Randolph Shepard Act. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, and we thank them for all they've done, visually impaired veterans of America, one vote.
Mr. Secretary, I will be the delegate, Richard Collish, the alternate, and I will go to nominating. Thank you. Okay. How many seats do you need, David? Do you need? Uh, four. Okay. okay. That's a change. Let me write that in. Okay. For the visually impaired veterans of America, uh, David Dollins, the delegate. Richard Collish is the alternate delegate. David Dollins going to nominating, and they need four chairs and a big salute. And with all of that said, Madam Secretary, that completes roll call. Yes, Mr. Secretary. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, all of you. Thank you for your donations, those affiliates. That's much appreciated. And... Thank you for staying. Uh, that's appreciated as well. So um, we will close this evening and reconvene tomorrow morning at 8.30 for opening session entertainment at 8 a.m. And enjoy your evening and thank you to all of those listening on ACB radio. Good evening.
yourself prepared When you're on that last train for glory Okay, that's going to do it for this evening. Uh, give me about hour, hour and a half to prep the archive, and the replay will begin, and it'll air overnight until we reconvene tomorrow morning. The live sessions will will pick up coverage approximately between 7.45 a.m. and 8 a.m. as we run the sponsor interviews, and then... Uh, the general session will get going at 8.30. This, these times are all in the central time zone. So with that, signing off, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed the coverage.